Hey folks, this is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. I'm gonna try to get this podcast ramped up again. It's been a minute. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. And we had a lot of changes, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, we'll try to keep this short and sweet, but probably a not. lot of shit. <laughs> I mean, a lot. Got to recap a whole year. It, has it been um, a year? No, no, no. <clears> six <throat> months. Summer, something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. Game of Thrones and all that. <laughs> Bridger still hasn't watched it. So yeah, Yellowstone. Refuse to watch it. Dude, makes, it's it's like no the sense. Yellowstone of the fantasy world. Just, just peel the band-aid don't, off. Yeah, don't you like Yellowstone? I mean, I don't dislike it. Well, I'd hardly go. say like it. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Game of Thrones it's, is, is yeah, the but, same, except that there's more entanglement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I don't need members. to see that many yeah. wieners. And plus, it's a principal thing. But there that. isn't. I don't know. As far as I remember. <laughs> Not according to the internet. I gotta no, go there was it. in that first season. Okay. The, the second, third, all the rest of them. All right, well, just fast forward. Okay? It's just the, yeah, exactly. the principle of it, you know? I've right. held out this long... What does that say about Missing me? Missing one I of the most iconic keep... shows on TV. That's like, <clears throat> you, dude, you remind me of me when I when I held off eating sweet potatoes my whole life because I thought that they would taste horrible. They actually, and really then eventually it. I tried yeah. it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is why did I do that? Yeah. I missed out on all those years of not eating sweet potatoes. Bro, Star Wars invented like the sci-fi fantasy drama type stuff, and you still won't watch it. I just been out for like sixty years. So you don't watch Star no, Wars? No, I've watched every Star Wars movie. And okay. the first three, like the original three, were good. Yeah. Then the next three were kind of a waste of my life. And then the newer ones were good. So I will say those, the three you're talking about, they rushed through them. Like the episode like really one fast. and all that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, they could have slowed it down and made six episodes instead of three, mm-hmm. which would have helped. Because it did. It was like ra- racing through. Yeah. Shows are good, though. Oh, I hate that. So anyways, you got to bear with me. I know me and Jason both are suffering from this. Stuff called cedar fever in Texas. It's ridiculous. It is horrible. I can't breathe. Uh, my nose is running down my face right now. It's kind of gross. <laughs> and uh, so it's you're going to hear snorting, me snorting afrin all day. Oh my gosh, I'm miserable. It's terrible. Yes, I heard it's the most high, uh, allergenic pollen on planet Earth. Yeah, and <laughs> and we never, have it here in the Hill Country. I've never had an allergy until this year. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. I, I really, and I'm, you know, it's insensitive as this might sound, but having COVID twice was easier than going through this. <laughs> yeah, See, Scott, go. that just proves you have to go to Vegas now so that you, the desert air will just like vaporize everything in your sinuses. You joke. I, well, I plan on going. Um, gosh, yeah, because we got so much to talk about. But I can't decide if I'm going to go shoot or if I'm just going to go because we got so I mean, many. Dude, either way, you're going to come I mean, going. You can have go. fun either way, yeah. but yeah. you'll probably have more fun not shooting. Sure. I'm not trying to discourage Richard you from shooting, so well. but... <laughs> You know, yeah, because if I have one bad you know, round, you got I'm a bad done. round, yeah, and all done. of a sudden, Saturday and Sunday, you're having to get up and shoot at like 10 or exactly. 7, so 10 right. or 7 a.m. Yeah. And you know, we just, all know your temper, and I yeah. can't imagine, yeah. you know, watching you shoot a 294, 295, being disappointed on Saturday, oh, so and just going out just and getting, shoot. you know, going out yeah. and getting blitzed, <laughs> roll back into the room at like. Two thirty, three o'clock, yeah. and then six. be like, "Oh, damn it! I gotta be up at I gotta be up in four hours." Ah. Instead, just go and hang out. You know. Yeah, he's right. Rub elbows with all the vendors. Well, and it's funny you say that. I've got we got a lot of kids from mm-hmm. our program going uh, to Vegas for their first big tournament, and then we just hooked up with a company, a new a new venture called Pink Berets. Yep. Um, awesome organization, and they are using us as their host archery training center. And you know, we got like six of the women. Um, it's, it's an all girls 
um, shooting community, but they do more than just archery. But mm-hmm. they they've all been ex. They're all military current or ex. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been through some PTSD trauma, you know, harassment, stuff like that. Um, this is their therapy. And I'll tell you, yep. what's kind of cool, their archery is their largest um, attended sporting event that they they host. And we yeah. do it weekly here. And gosh, yeah, four or five of these girls are going to go suck it up, go to Vegas, man. And I'm telling you, they are. Oh, yeah, shooting. I'm sure oh, they hate gamers. it. And they're shooting barebow. Yeah. Um, well, actually, well, uh, three of them now are. are in compound. Oh, cool. And they have three in barebow. Nice. And it's going to be cool because, you know, they're tackling a pretty big, pretty big. So anyways, I got to go there and help them because I'm going to help coaching them on Sundays, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Right there, there's a big difference between these women that have been in the military. Dude, they're like guys. I mean, they are the straight up. Part, yeah. they Dude, are they, get, they get rowdy on league rowdy. nights, bro. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. They could probably kick a lot of dudes' asses here. Why well, no do they kick my ass? Yeah. There's a girl named Liz. She's about, this is probably 5'8", Hispanic, yeah. and built like a crap brick house Richard, Richard hates my say no because you always say it wrong nobody builds the, nobody builds a poor potty port house it's a brick shit house, house. Yeah. nobody builds a house out of shit <laughs> well well he says a I mean, shit brick house I have been to certain parts of the world well I suppose that's fair yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway, out of mud but it's gonna be kind of cool because I gotta go there and help support them that's why I thought man if I'm gonna be up and down that line helping man might as well just go do that their equipment and stuff I might as yeah. well do that but Either way, it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff, though. Let's go back and recap some of the stuff. I mean, we got so much to talk about. Um, let's start with maybe individual stuff. Like, Jason, you freaking have been traveling the whole world. Yeah. And just absolutely raking. Just having fun. <laughs> yeah. I having mean, fun, man. Yeah, set, I mean, set a new world record this year? No, one? it was a national. National record. Yep. It was, <sighs> and that was a that was a really cool way it happened. We, we got out to uh, SoCal. Um, so the last one we did was right after, uh, right after Gator cup or something like that. So, you know, I'd been going through that whole issue with, with WADA where I had a, um, I had a test that had come back positive for substance and blah, blah, blah. We had to go through a, uh, an arbitration hearing, did that in January and we're waiting to hear back, waiting to hear back. And then in May they, I get a call from my lawyer. They're like, bro, we beat it. No way. This has never happened. It happened. It's never, ever happened. So like, like. for for reference, just so everybody kind of understands it, like the stuff that you pop for, it's kind of like I don't know if anybody our listeners uh, follow uh, UFC stuff, um, but like the John Jones controversy Correct. stuff. Not yep. that Jason's out beating up strippers and <laughs> snorting cocaine and hitting I pregnant mean, women with his car, but <laughs> right. the last test that Jones failed was because of a of the same uh, substance. Yeah, same type of thing yep. where it's once you can cons- once you take it because you were doing a bunch of lifting and stuff when you were in the military yeah. and obviously, you know, before your archery career ever even started. Yeah. And like, once you take whatever supplement that is, your body will randomly produce that compound. Right. So what it is, is when you get tested for it and this pops up, you get, you get popped for a long-term metabolite mm-hmm. and that's what stays in your body the longest. Now this, stuff and how many, has, this was 10 years. So this has never been studied because of how illegal it is. The only thing that they know is this one, um, is one scientist did did some research and then printed out this data and that's what they were going off of right right so they at first they were thinking oh no there's no way it'll sting your body more than three months or mm-hmm. sorry 27 days then three months then six months and there was people popping up with um with this metabolite a year two years and so on and so forth so there was data you know and so we went out and we did some stuff dug into it um and mine was 
2012, 13, yeah, 12, 13, and a little bit of 14. Um, I was taking a, a completely legal supplement that I bought online, yep. but it would convert into this certain metabolite. Right. But I ingested so much of it that my body stored <laughs> that much of it. Um, On your quest to being huge. And I was. I mean, I went, man, I, I went from, I was weighing like 272, dropped down to 212. I went I went out there benching 205, came back at 365. Heck yeah, dude. Um, and I Get mean, I was, I was an animal. But um, <clears throat> the thing is, I had no no plans or anything of joining the the archer community yeah this like was that, right? way before you'd even yeah. like yeah, exactly. you maybe even before i got hurt yeah. yeah the only thing i knew about archery was <laughs> bow hunting yeah that was it exactly um so anyway this stuff stayed in my body got some people to back us up went through the the trial and everything everything went well and we won so i get that call in may and they're like hey man you're reinstated so i'm like oh crap i gotta sign up for gator cup <laughs> so i had like two days open for registration drove to gator cup signed up for um socal because i was trying to one make the make the team mm-hmm. um i was just trying to make the travel team to chile that was my yeah. thing i wanted to go to chile and i wanted to do the pan americans because the year prior when i got suspended was right before the pan americans in monterey yep so i had a huge chip on my shoulder and a huge bone to pick with these guys right oh yeah so i'm like all right i gotta sign up for all these tournaments um i get out to socal courtney and i drove in like literally drove in that that morning went to the hotel dropped off our bags went to official practice and i just started slinging arrows I'm like all right everything is looking good feeling good go to the hotel wake up the next morning go out to uh go out to shoot and i'm sitting there you know we have the three ends of practice mm-hmm. shoot my first my first end grab my arrows shoot my second end and uh when i go to put my kickstand on my bow i notice that my limb has got this massive uh like splinter coming off of it my bottom limb's got a splinter I'm like, oh crap, this can't be good. So I call Jonathan over. He's our, our new para coach. I'm like, hey, John, what do you think? He's like, I don't know, man. This looks bad. I, I don't know what to tell you. Where's, it was my it was my victory. I was gonna ask it you. It was my victory was, X. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, I I didn't bring a backup bow, so the curse is gonna hit me. I didn't bring a backup bow, and I'm gonna get screwed. And I remembered that Rio used to shoot for elite, so I see Rio walking up and down. I'm like, hey, Rio, I need your help, man. What do you think of this limb? And you know, really, he comes over. He's like, "Ah, now you're 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 fine. You you can you could possibly shoot this whole thing in the rest of the season with that man. There's no no issue." He's like, "Mikey's got one on his top limb. He's got a little piece of duct tape." I'm like, "All right, cool." I'm like, "Thanks, man." And then he looks at me. He's like, "Or it can blow up on your next shot." It's <laughs> like, "Thanks." Duh. <laughs> so Courtney goes and grabs me a piece of a or a roll of black duct tape, and I just pull the piece and duct tape my limb. Yeah, got it all put together. And for some reason, everything just came together, man. I just started hammering, 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 hammering to the point where we get done with the first half, and I go get my my uh, Courtney brings me my score, and it was like a like a three twenty seven or something like that, and I'm like, whoa, holy shit, I've never done that. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I just keep on doing the same thing. Come to the second end, and uh, come to come to remember, I think I didn't drop anything under a an eight the whole. 72 arrows and i dropped my last two eights on the last two arrows of that yeah um i was just i don't know i got a little giddy yeah i got no i got excited yeah um and just flung them and uh you know i go get my score and it was a 656 i'm like holy shit (laughs) what the hell just happened like i just drove in here yesterday you know just mesmerized yeah so did that came home that was one i made the the usat team who's our 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 minimum 
score was a uh, 631. Yeah. Um, so I made that. I made the elite team because that was a 653. Um, and then I obviously made the the Chile team so came back um got back on the asa wagon went up to metropolis yep um shot my last asa in metropolis and then went back over to world archery and usa archery went out to nationals um nationals didn't go as as well as i wanted um i think i put too much pressure on myself Mm -hmm. thinking that i was going to shoot as well as i did in socal well the national for fun fact nationals is where you set the nationals like 20 19 was where you set the previous national record, right? Yeah, uh, national record and world record for the double mm-hmm. 72. So I went to nationals, and I think I pressured – no, not, I know I pressured myself too much because I was like, if I shoot the way that I shot in SoCal, I can break this because one of my friends broke my world record, and I'm like, I can break this and you know set it really high. And I wound up shooting horrible. I mean, it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. anywhere where I wanted, right? Um, got done with nationals, came back home. Um, and then just kind of took, I took a, almost a month off cause we went to Colorado, went to, uh, yeah, went, went elk hunting. Yep. Um, and that was interesting cause you know, I'm staying in a tent. I've got, I've got nature's bathroom outside the tent. It was fantastic. Um, I think we spent 10 or 12 days out in the mountains in Colorado. I think you ended uh, up killing a mule deer. Yeah. Smoked a mule deer right in the head. Which was you had ridiculous. the worst week of weather that I've seen in elk season in probably the last 10 years. Yeah. No, if I'm out because I was there in Montana, yeah, and we were what you guys had 1,400 miles north of you, and it was yeah. as hot as I've ever been. Yeah, so you guys were in the dude. 90s. It was hotter up there than it was down here. Yeah, yeah it was that warm. week. It was well. I guess you were gone for like a month, but yeah, we were yeah. getting a little bit of a little bit of um, cool weather in the morning, and then yeah. it was just yeah, it's too up. hot. Yeah, way too hot. So yeah, nothing happened. So you get back and go to the, and then got A&M. back and started started shooting a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I had I had picked up a result thirty six. I was working on so that. That's another thing for listeners, if you guys don't know. So you ex Hoyt guy, correct? Hoyt everything, and you went and did sign with Elite. I went back with Elite. Yeah, yep. I went back with Elite. So you got your result. I had my result. That's what I shot at nationals. Yep. And it just didn't feel right. But by the time I got home, I had ordered a verdict. Right. And it was sitting at the house when I got back. So I got back, started messing around with it, set it up, and. I'm, I'm telling you that to me that's the best bow ever well and i'm gonna tell you know yeah we'll, we'll go ahead and finish so you then you went down to so yeah so chile yep picked up picked up my two results um got them all set up went down to chile and uh dude, that was that was interesting because november here it's starting to get cool i'm practicing outside in the in the cold and a little bit of wind and we get down to chile and it's like it's not even that hot it's 86 88 uh, that's beautiful but Santiago sits in a punch bowl of mountains and it's at the very bottom of South America <laughs> and that sun there's not a cloud in the sky oh, it's yeah. the beginning of their summer and you feel like the sun is 10 feet away from you <laughs> so just cooking oh dude it's just hounding on you yeah. um so we get out there and we start shooting um I got I got put my division had to qualify in the afternoon so we're shooting at 1 30 in the afternoon to four it's hot as hell um qualification yeah, yeah qualification qualification went like shit for me yeah. It was the first time I've shot under a 600 in years. And I came out with a six or the 586 because I donated a, a Spider X to the target in front of me. Um, <laughs> that was another thing. The targets, the target <clears throat> alignment, they were, you were shooting behind about a meter. Um, so the field was off. It was slanted. It was yeah. a whole bunch of stuff, right? But qualification goes, goes like shit, but I got ranked like right in the middle. There was seven of us going down there, which was awesome because 
I was expecting four. Yeah. So there's seven people. There's seven shooters. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to have some competition. Right. Um, so I've got to go and, and shoot teams the next day. Go out and shoot. Um, I was shooting with Lucas uh, Harrow. He's a new W1 from Wisconsin. Um, shoot the first match. We make it past that. And then we're shooting for gold. And um, I forget what happened, but we wound up losing to two guys from Brazil. So, so your guys' team event is only two archers, not three? Correct. So they've got doubles now. Okay. Yeah. They've got doubles um, and mixed team. Mm-hmm. So so we do that. Because um, I knew you and Leah ended up getting gold for mixed team, right? Correct. We, sh- we shot. So I shot teams with Lucas that morning. Mm-hmm. Then I shot mixed team with Leah in that afternoon. Uh, and I mean, you're, dude, it was so miserable because I'm, we were out there from seven 30 in the morning till four because we got to wait on the, on the short bus to take us back to the hotel <laughs> and you're out there. There's no, there's nowhere to, to hide from the heat. Like you go under the tents. It's yeah. still, it's still hot. Yeah. Um, so I went to the, I'd gone to the supermarket and I bought this. It looked like, uh, one of those pest control sprayers <laughs> that you pump up and pressurize. Dude, I filled it up with water and ice and I just kept on spraying, spraying myself down. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was getting drenched in water. I had ice sitting on my lap, just doing everything we could to stay cool. Yeah. Um, so Lee and I wound up shooting. We take off and I had to shoot individuals the next day. Mm-hmm. So went back to the hotel and I just called it an early day. Yeah. Um, wake up the next morning and we go shoot individuals. And, you know, I had to start from the bottom. I had to shoot. I had to shoot against a guy from Chile. So we go and I, I, you know, we do our our first practice and everything. And then we shoot our first match and I'm feeling fantastic. I hung like a 136, 137 on this guy. So I'm, you know, I'm doing really good. Um, Get past him. Then I go to another Brazilian guy that is one of the, one of the two guys that beat us the previous day. Um, Wound up beating him too. I, I shot like a 132 or 133, something like that. So, I was feeling really good. My shooting was, was really good. Um, so I make it to the gold medal match, and I've got to shoot against the number one seed, which was another Brazilian guy that was mm-hmm. uh, part of the team that beat us the day prior. <clears throat> right. So we go back. Um, we got done shooting. I commandeered one of the one of the short buses because everybody spoke Spanish, and so do I. So I go grab this guy. I'm like, hey, you got to take us back to the hotel right now. I'm not going to stay out here till 5. It's miserable. <laughs> it's like 1130 in the morning. Yeah. To get back to the hotel, just kind of hang out. Um, went and had this uh, uh, pre-gold medal match lunch that day. Uh, and Bridger would have loved it because it was a hot dog store. That's <laughs> oh, all they specialize yeah, in hot <laughs> dogs, yeah. right? And one thing I learned about Chile is when you order food, you better be hungry because the portions are massive. Like the United States, huge. Dude, this this hot dog, I ordered two, and it was about 12 inches long, about the size of my arm. Is it like the size of that brat we got at the food truck the yeah, other night? but longer. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just covered in cheese, avocado, and french fries, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It was it was ridiculous. So I ate that, went back to the hotel, hit the sack. I was going to say crashed. Yeah, hit the sack, woke up the next morning. And uh, it's funny because our hotel rooms was was not adapted at all. Oh. So we had to get the doors removed. I got a weasel into the bathroom. And then to, to get into the shower... I had to use the transfer board and kind of like bridge over to this, like my chair's up here. There's a sliding glass door. I've got my shower chair and I've got a bridge and kind of shimmy over. Courtney's yeah. like spotting me so I don't fall, get in there. And then she shuts the glass door with my knees pushing up against it. <laughs> and I remember that morning she gave me this like lavender, whatever, foo-foo body wash, right? Mm. So I take my shower and everything. I'm like, man, this smells really good. <laughs> get dressed, get ready to go, get out to the field. And, uh, we go to the warm-up area and we're 
shooting. Leah had to shoot her her individual match first that day, mm-hmm. and I'm over there shooting, feeling great, fantastic. Um, Leah wins. They call me up, get ready. We go out on the stage and everything. We start shooting. Um, my first end, I think I had a little bit of the the jitters. Um, didn't score as 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 good as I wanted. Um, so we shoot the first one, get ready to shoot the second one. Judge clears us. I shoot my first arrow. Guy shoots his arrow. Then they're taking a little bit to get the clock swapped over to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing his coach. His coach stepped out of the box and is like halfway out of the, the field of play. He's behind me <coughs> yelling at, at his teammates for or his people for arrows. Yeah. So this dude showed I've up seen that. and he only had five arrows. Yeah, only five <coughs> arrows. Dude. So that second so, end, he only had two. Isn't there a rule that if he doesn't have enough arrows in that end, he gets a zero? Well, this is, this is where he should have had it. So... You know, he's yelling, he's getting all that, which mm-hmm. that's a yellow card. You step out of the box. Right. Anyway, he's yelling behind me. I get kind of sidetracked, dropped a six or something like that. He shoots his, his second arrow, and then clock is still kind of like they wait for the clock to run down before they swap it. Before they me. swap it, yeah. yeah. And we get 30 seconds instead of 20. Yep. So I'm sitting there waiting, and you can see the video where I'm talking to the judge, and I'm like, hey, man, can I shoot? What's going on? Like yeah. you're throwing me off my rhythm. Right. So I shoot my third arrow. They let the clock expire. They sent it over to him. He's got no arrows to shoot. Oh my God. So his time runs out. Runs out, dude. And they, and they restart the clock twice. Twice. Waiting for, uh, waiting for his for people arrows to bring to come arrows. back. Oh, yeah. my God. So they finally bring the arrows. And uh, yeah, can you believe that, dude? dude? I mean, I didn't watch the video. I only saw the, no, the last, last end. end. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. I thought that when you don't have enough arrows to bring it, it up. It should have been a zero. It should have been a zero. Once your time expires, <laughs> that you are stuck with a zero. You right. got to let an arrow fly. And it's your job to make sure you have enough equipment to get through that those two rounds of tournament. Yeah. Because you cycle through the arrows. They come <clears throat> back after every end. So you at least got to bring nine. Six. Uh, at least nine. 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 Yeah, it's nine. Right. Yeah. Nine it's was, usually six because yeah. they run them. They run your arrows from the previous end back. back. Yeah, but you want to have nine in case you you smack one or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, and this dude's been to the Paralympics before. I was going to add, he's he's, he's been around before. for a while. Yeah, and his coach has been around for a while, right? Yeah. So they restart his clock twice. Finally, give him an arrow, and they let him shoot this arrow. And I'm fuming. I am so pissed <laughs> off at this point, right? So oh, yeah. my wife is sitting there. She was she was in my uh, on my scope. And she's just, the judge is like, I'm so sorry. And you can hear her going, I don't want your fucking I'm sorry's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, that that whole thing just kind of blows over. We start the third end, and I'm still kind of dwelling on it. Just dwelling on it, dwelling on it. I shot like shit that third end, uh, put myself in a bigger hole. And then the fourth end, I kind of cool down, right? And the funny thing is that 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 body wash that I used that morning, oh, dude, when, I finally, got, you, you know when I finally got settled, that's all I could smell. That that fourth end. Mm-hmm. Mm, so lavender. I shoot, so I shoot an arrow, and it's and it's high left. <laughs> and I look down at the track. We're shooting on a running track, and it's mm-hmm. sloped uh, from right to left. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm aligning my. We're shooting on square bales. I'm aligning my bow to the bale to make sure it's level. Well, yeah, I'm canting to the left. So I'm like, okay, this next one I'm gonna cant over. So I do it, and it comes a little bit better. Shoot my third arrow, and it's a dead nut spider. Um, that was my my first ten, going to the fifth end, and you can you can listen to them on the on the TikTok or oh, uh, yeah. the Twitter video that they put out. Mm-hmm. You can hear uh, Karim. He's like, well, here we go. Jason's on seven points down going into the final end, and I drill a ten, 
and they're like, okay, that's back to back. The other dude shot a six and I heard him just sigh. Like as soon as he hit that, all I heard was, <sighs> I was like, I got you. I got you, bro. Cause he gets, he gets really uh, frustrated, frustrated and, and jittery when a lot of pressure's on him. I've known him for a while. So I said, you know, I'm just going to take it easy, shoot my shot. Boom. Shot an X. Um, and this dude's like, okay, I can hear him talking to the coach back and forth. He shoots a nine and I shot my third arrow and it's another 10. So obviously I'm like, okay, I did my part. I'm down two at this point yeah. mm-hmm. and he needs an eight to tie or a nine and he wins. Nine to win, right. Dude drops a seven. Yeah. And I'm, he one. drops a seven and I'm sitting there doing math. I'm like, I just won by one. I remember tie? in the video, you're like, did we tie? No, <laughs> no, I think I got him by one. And I'm like, Courtney, I got him by one, and I'm just waiting, 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 and finally I hear the the announcement. Yeah, so, I, dude, badass. it was just a a huge, huge weight off my shoulders, you know, because I had that chip on my shoulder from yeah. the previous year to be able to go down there and and make it interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess all the 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 mental prep that I had done paid off, and I was yeah. able to stick to it. And, That's awesome, dude. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a year. I yeah, mean, crazy good year. Yeah, a lot of lot of traveling, a <clears throat> lot of lot of uh, uh, lessons that I learned and came back home took a took a whole month off yeah not shooting and just getting back into it exactly well, that's shooting, awesome shooting on sunday and then it's off to outdoor yeah exactly well so i think the last podcast we do is probably around the middle of 3d season probably if i had to guess yeah metropolis <coughs> Run metropolis right. yep. yeah um pretty tough year last year though we nobody really shot that great here i mean bridge you had a decent year in asa or no i suck it's <laughs> <laughs> trying to be nice okay yeah exactly no dude it <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I maybe it's just because of how like I learned to practice. Because all I did, you know, growing up, I won't say growing up, but all I did, like as I matured into my archery career, was mm-hmm. FIDA and indoor. Yeah, exactly. Go dot shooter. FIDA indoor field. Yeah, just straight dot shooter. So for me, it's tough to like figure out an effective practice regimen mm-hmm. for 3D when, like, you know, here at the shop or bless we got a few targets but you know i've got four targets to shoot at and yeah. i can go out and stand in a open parking lot and shoot at 50 yards all day but yeah. like how i don't really know how that's translating to you know to the actual competitive side of it right no but, that, i think it's a good point that's tough because i think you gotta look at targets and you gotta look at targets in different venues different tunnels different yeah. environments so you know because you know we don't have woods here even though the 12s aren't changing their location to the human eye, they'll they'll move around on the target, you know. Yeah. Well, it's just rec- recognizing how you know how you have to look at a target under certain yeah, lighting and certain exactly. you know if you're in the well, light, targets in the dark or vice versa. Uh, yeah, or, but, okay, let's just go back a little bit. For ASA, us in the pro class, it's real simple. We shoot at dark, dark, and darker. Correct. F and seven thirty in the morning on a Saturday is yeah. just the dumbest thing on planet like, earth hey you guys want to start off with no, a dude, 50 it's, yard freaking it's horrible uh, i mean I, the, the, and then what i don't know what event it was but we i know one day it was it was 7 30 in the morning with it which it always is and it was foggy out that morning I, was it there's been multiple or? ones where oh we've gone out God. and range finders don't on work. a black boar mm-hmm. at 47 yards like yeah okay if i hit this i'm gonna be real oh lucky. dude I, last year range finders weren't working that day nope. last year at uh my first target on the second day in london like Generally, where we shoot, so generally where we shoot in London on the second day, we're shooting on one of the the always on, or at least I've only ever shot on the power line. Yeah, 
but we're always at the end of the power lines and we could a we could hear kid rocks uh like trailer taj mahal like half a mile away just bumping on saturday morning like 10 o'clock stereo comes on and he's just pounding music is that where he lives which he's got like a, a trailer park taj mahal there no, nice. just real. outside of london yeah because yeah. yeah. i asked everybody's like who the hell is playing music at on a saturday like just out there the bumping and they're they're like oh yeah it's good rock but dude my first target was of like a 40 something yard turkey and like i'm looking at the turkey right here and literally like a snowman the sun is sitting on its back, back. Oh, oh dude like it's oh, literally God. staring at the sun yep. yeah it's hoping terrible. not to miss yeah. Oh, dude. I somehow shot a twelve. Like I should have went and I should have just left and bought a lottery ticket. I shot the rest of the day. I would have had a better chance at winning money. But that's <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, it's, it was a tough year last year. Really tough. I mean, like I said, I don't know. It was a year of parody. We had a lot of different winners. Yeah. In, in the ASA, which was well, nice. and I, I still think there's a conspiracy that they're trying to hit get somebody to hit 60 up in the known pro class so they Dude. can bump us back to 60 yards no, because the first four tournaments were like some of the easiest courses yeah. I've ever shot and, on you know, that's, And that's what's so frustrating because we walked on these courses weekend, I mean, month in and month out and they're literally easier than even the shoots we have around here in Texas. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think there was these too easy were, that we overthunk them. No, you joke. Well, remember they started every tournament we had one, they threw in that token two to three yarder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and Which, one of them was a bless as a As a field guy... Watching you 3D guys try and figure out how to set your sights is hilarious. No, it's, not, it it's so funny. <laughs> no, it sucks. Dude, if you just you know how many guys so like you said, we're sitting there, we get to the and you can hear all the chatter. Everybody's like, Oh, what you such a for? I don't know, like thirty four yards or fifty four. And these guys are professionals and they have no clue. No idea how to cut. No clue. <laughs> yeah. I watched more guys miss those targets. Um, yeah. and just like that much. Oh, or, dude, the the amount of holes that were like six <laughs> yes. four to six inches yes. straight high or straight <laughs> or low is hilarious. Up. That was the other thing. Or if you were in a group of five, oh, by the time you get there, the upper's the clogged, the bottom's clogged, and you're oh, like, Oh hell no. I just step off the side, take my warning just plow through everybody's That's exactly just yeah you joke blast yeah. through everybody's sidewall and their yeah. arrow we were know. trying to be nice i mean uh, the couple of the groups that i shot with i mean you're shooting with some of the guys the best guys out there and they're calling it i'm gonna yeah. try to put it on the three o'clock side i'm gonna put this one on the nine o'clock trying to give you some room yeah that's one of the cool things but yeah to your point just step off take your penalty or your warning and freaking let it eat let it go <laughs> but it was it was frustrating because it was an easy year to and and honestly what was the what was the average to get in the shoot off this year? Uh, probably forty two. Yeah, I thought it was in the fifties. No, Some I mean there more. was a cup. I think the the highest fifth place score to make a shoot down this year was like forty six or forty eight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't remember which tournament still, that was at. That but I mean that's strong, insane. Strong yeah. shooting. That's crazy. I mean I mean that's shooting twenty six. Yeah, I mean, that's shooting 26 or better each day. Each day, yeah. 26 to 28, that's hitting 13, 13 out of 20 each day. Yeah, it was it was an incredibly much easier year. Scores were reflective for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I thought the scores were obscenely high this year. I mean, mine weren't. But well, <laughs> yeah, mine weren't either. Um, but remember, one of the shoot-offs, I think it was in, um, it's one where they shoot-off right in front of the lake in the, pavilion, in the outside there. Perkins. Oh, Metropolis. It was Metropolis. Mm -hmm. Perkins hit how many 12s and still lost? To he ours? didn't miss a bonus ring. He never missed a bonus ring. Hit still, all bonus rings and, and still lost. All, hit all of them or only missed one. Yeah. Lost to Jacob Sluzar's on 14s, wasn't it? Well, Sluzar, that was the that was in the open. Oh, you're uh, right. Yeah. Who did he um, lose to? 
Rainey. Rainey. Yeah, lost to Rainey. Jeff Rainey. And Jeff shot, I think Jeff shot all 14s but one. But one in a shoot-off. Yeah. Dude, yeah. everybody shot of the 14 on their first arrow on that. It's insanity, I think, dude. I yeah. think, yeah, that was nutty. You know what, so to talk about that, do you go to 60? I mean, is that the next progression of the sport? I, I, I think mean, the scores would, are too high. I would rather see a like a maximum arrow diameter over over a yardage change. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. A lot of guys this year are shooting 27s. Yeah, they're a lot. I mean, I don't I don't know if you need to go all the way down to a 23, but I mean, and I don't know that you know, shooting a 27 series arrow is it's really making yeah. helping you that much, especially you look at like the amateur side of stuff where you know the tuning knowledge isn't quite as high right. not saying there aren't amateurs that know how to tune bows oh but, yeah yeah but you compare your average joe bag of donuts to myself or perkins or somebody else like we can figure out how to tune a 27 series arrow right. that right. has you know like a triple x is a 100 spine right mm-hmm. you know or a, a, a piece super of drive 27 is a what's a super drive 27 270, 270. and the weekest the black eagle PS twenty seven is is three fifty. Three fifty. Which yeah, I mean, it's three fifties. That's pretty, pretty standard spine for most arrows. But yeah. most guys aren't able to figure out how to get that size arrow to tune and group well at. So distance. you think arrow but size might get scores somewhat more? I think it would at least level the. I don't know if it would. I think it would at least level the playing field a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because it's unbelievable the scores. Because I mean, you, they're in this. They're in this. They're in the ceiling. Because how many? I mean. I bet there aren't as many as we claim there are, but how many guys walk up and it's a 20, 28 yard target, which is they got to have, and you're the fifth guy in a, you know, if it's the first two shoots, you got a pretty good chance of shooting with, at, you're going to shoot with at least four guys in Foley. You're usually shooting with five. five. I mean, I remember the first year I went to Foley, I shot with six. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. And and, last year it took forever to finish that course. Mm-hmm. So you got four or five guys on a target you're the fourth or fifth guy shooting at yeah. a close target where you're everybody's screwed. hit it. Like there's nothing you can do. Either you just lay up, take your 10, miss out on two points, or you, you say go like, I it. gotta get it. And you end up banging out and hitting a six hitting and a, eight or five and eight or sometimes I've seen guys kick out on like a heavy or what's the other one. That's real low. Uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Wolverine <laughs> kick out to a kick out to a five. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah. I mean, especially with a large diameter arrow like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if, you know, the, the courses are maybe just putting in tougher shots, you know, through the trees or I don't know if quartering away. I know and quartering too causes a lot of damage in the target. So you set the course pretty yeah. fast. Um, but, I mean, I don't think that makes a difference in how somebody aims at target. At least it doesn't for me. Yeah. Like with the whole quarter and two, quarter and away, all that stuff. I'd rather see it just be a tighter course. I remember you saying uh, Menden was that way. Yeah. Because it was a first year course there, so they were pretty pretty narrow lanes and stuff. Very narrow. Because you said I'd enjoy shooting that, which I I mean I like shooting stuff like that. Yeah. You know, just because it's more similar to some of the field field courses and stuff I've shot. Right. Um, but. Yeah, it was um, it was a heavy year. I don't know what the answer is. I know the the new ownership now, um, Josh Grine, is probably considering something because I I just think the scores are too high. Put I mean, one out in the Western states, bro. Make me just cut. Make me cut, make me cut some think, yardage. Well, I think the big thing too is you joke, but you know, we shoot in perfect conditions for the most part. Yeah, I think if they did a little bit of field out there, with, and we had to deal with some five ten mile an hour winds, I think it changed the game up a lot. Yeah. 
but going it's, out in Arizona or something. Yeah, something. Because, dude, it's, it, the scores are really high. I mean, honestly, shooting the, in the pro class, it's qualifying and having to hit literally 20, well, uh, basically 20 targets. In all fairness, it should be that way. Like, we are professionals. Yeah, you're right. You're like we you're should right. shoot better than the, the amateur divisions, but... I mean, I never looked at the that, data, but I mean, is that you take those top ten per on average? What's that middle and bottom look like? I mean, is there a big spread between those, or, or is it all kind of tight? It, it looked. It seems like the current the, the guys who were really on that week or that did that month, shooting really good were were, you know, consistently. I, but there was I gotta say consistently in it. There was a lot of parity though. I mean, yeah, literally. and this was the first year we've seen a lot of parity. A lot of parity. Yeah, there's which guys that I mean, who was and... shooter of the year? I don't even know. Was it Kyle? I think it was Kyle. Or I Chris. Think, uh, I think I'm Kyle. Sure Kyle. Kyle Douglas, yeah. And I he mean, didn't shoot ha- well in Coleman. I mean, the classic. He shot average. But that's the other thing. Guys would go out there and just rake on day one, and then day two score, oh, which Chance, is... Chance Boba. Put him out, yeah. I forget where we were. We were in Fort Benning or something. Chance was leading yep. and, like, destroying it day one. And, and then just had a bad day two. Had a really rough day two. Yeah. yeah. Saw a lot of... A lot of USAT shooters out there too. A lot yeah. of World Cup shooters were out there. Yeah, Chris was there, Shoff, and yeah, I'll know, be I seeing Jimmy. Braden was there a lot. Jimmy was there a lot. I'll say Braden went to a few of them. Yeah. I know Jimmy started in the unknown, and <laughs> like Smart most guy, most guys quickly moved back over to the unknown. <laughs> the unknown side, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jacob Marlowe is all on the unknown side now and doing pretty well. Yeah, he told he he's. Told multiple people that he was going to go all unknown. I'm trying to find the there it is. I'm trying to find who won shooter of the year because I don't remember. Yeah, I want to say it was Kyle. I can't remember, but it was a good year though, really good year. And then on the USAT side, Braden pretty dominated last year, didn't he? Braden did did pretty good. There was a Jimmy did good too. Braden it was Jimmy, a Braden and Jimmy show. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy did really good, really really good for USAT. Yeah, yeah, USAT. Uh, he's stuff. number one. Yep. Yeah. Number one for a second year. The, the younger kids are surprising. Like uh, Dude, Sawyer, Sawyer Sullivan. Sullivan. Yep, that kid's a stud. He went down to Chile and and got himself third place. <laughs> He's Nick a hammer. Came out of uh, nowhere on his first uh, international ever. He and did he win it? He won gold. Yeah. Yep. He won gold, and then he got gold with a team event, and then bronze, I think, with a mixed team or something. Yeah, like that. that's awesome. So yeah, it was it was ridiculous. The guys shooting the world archery stage there and then on the other the other side of the fence on the field archery side bridget you remember who won that was brody Nationals? wasn't it uh brody won one yep. nfa field yep yeah who won reading gaius Bueller. gaius yeah, yeah gaius wanted the shoot off yep yeah nice. that's cool yeah, yeah pretty, pretty crazy year for one sure. thing one thing we did learn was a lot of different setups well a lot of different i wanted to kind of segue into that yeah. so you know we've we talked a little bit about the year from a shooting perspective. Um, the let's look at product. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think Elite and PSE both came out with new bows this year. Um, mm-hmm. The Verdict and the PSE's got the new Dominator. And Hoyt has their Stratus. Hoyt's Hoyt came out with the Stratus. Yep. <clears throat> They're um, getting beat up because PSE Super Junior. <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks like the Dominator. It did. It looks like the Invicta, well, the Dominator. It's got funny drunk in because Vegas. you know it's funny you say that, but you know PSC dominated for a couple of years mm-hmm. with the Super Series, and yeah, they yeah. went vertical limb technology. Like it's old school. Yep. And I think everybody's kind of heading that direction. Didn't the Performax have that too? 
the vertical um, limbs. The PSCs always had that yeah, forward facing. Pretty, they've been pretty, yeah, they've been pretty vertical most of the time. Got it. But um, and then you know the the hottest new commodity in the market right now is Darton. Yep. I mean they are coming out of the woodwork. Well, Brid- they're, yeah, they're they're so, really hammering. Bridger signed with them. So this that's year. my big big change this year. Went from Elite to Darton. Yeah. And actually, the full trifecta. I mean, I shot Conquest bars all last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy sent me a set of those seven forty sevens. I don't know. Right around springtime. Mid, yeah, no, right. Late spring, early summer last year, and I started shooting those, and then uh, this year went the full, the full trio. Yeah, got the uh, Conquest Black Eagle. Black Eagle and Darton. So they are definitely, you know, up and down the ladder. If you look at their team, they are going to be tough this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darton's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, well, they, those of you who didn't watch or probably don't even care, but from a target archery side, they just swept. Male and female in Iowa at the Iowa program. Yep, Tanya, Tanya and Chance. Chance, <laughs> Chance. switched. Hell, he had that bow for like two weeks. Dude. Yep. Like, got out of his, or I don't know, you know, whatever, let go of his elite contract, signed with Randy. Literally, I think I heard six days later and uh, <laughs> got his Vegas target uh, bow and uh, that one, seems to be one the, the bow Iowa that everybody's program. shooting. Yeah, it's, um, it, everybody it, loves the way it aims. I was talking to every, Joseph Everybody Goza. but me and, and Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Lutz and Jim Bridger the will be the only two staff pros from Darton shooting the Tempest series. You haven't shot a, a shoot-through since your Hoyt days, huh? Uh, no. I mean, I shot, I have a Vegas. I've set it up yeah. a couple times and shot it. I just, okay, wait, I just wait, prefer hold on, hold on, that smaller bow. Let's go back. What'd you shoot with it the first? I set it up and shot like a 24, 25X. (laughs) 24, bro. But I just don't, I just, (laughs) I just don't, not an awesome bow. Love, it's a great bow. Aims good, feels good on the shot and everything. I just, I just don't prefer to shoot a 38 plus inch bow. I just want want to shoot a 36. (laughs) That's more enjoyable for me to shoot that, that Tempest 3D. It points and aims though. That bow at Vegas is, and what's weird, I mean, and I'll say it, and I don't care. It's the ugliest bow on planet Earth, but it the it's lighter than the Tempest, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it handles stabilizer bars, and the effectiveness of the stabilizers is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just weird. It's, you wouldn't think it shoots and feels the way it does yeah. if you look at it at face value. Um, kind of reminds me of a gearhead. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Well, it's an ambidextrous well, bow, right? <clears throat> Randy mm-hmm. was working on potentially changing that riser because yeah. he knows it's it's got the the eighties look. Yeah, it's a block look. Yeah, and and but I think you know Jimmy Lutz and Braden, I know, were instrumental in saying, you know, please for just the, leave it for the love of God, just leave it alone. Yeah, let I mean, us shoot a year with it the way it is. Yep, because you know I know Braden. I know he. I think he texted you or made a post about it, but about he he that boy didn't miss for like sixty arrows. I know one of his targets I've seen was a 30 arrow target. It looked like he shot the same hole. Like over yeah. and over and over. Yeah, and that bow's been around for a year now. <laughs> Quite a while. I remember, I remember somebody, I saw it in Fort Benning or Foley last More year. More than that, has been shooting one. He's been on with Darton for two or three years now. Two or three years yeah. now, and he's shot it the entire time. He's yeah. got that, that bright ass <laughs> yellow one. <laughs> I mean, that dude, that yellow is so loud. It's, yeah, it's loud. Nice. But yeah, it's uh, they're definitely I think the hottest brand right now. We st- we carried them in the in the shop when nobody else would, and you no, know, we sold a few. But now we their customers are looking for them. The no, I can't keep them. On the We've shop. had multiple guys calling and asking asking for them. about them, yeah. and that said, their hunting bow. I mean, that Prelude Thirty Two is an unbelievable bow, great shooting bow. I love that thirty five. Yeah, thirty five is awesome. 
But I mean, that's coming from a target guy, so I'm used to shooting a yeah, you know bow. 36 plus right. inch bow. So yeah, well, I'd say like Snyder and take a verdict and hunt with it. Yeah, well, yeah, I get 80 pound, 80 pound tempest. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, and we'll switch over gears because I think you know the big company that made a big change was the verdict. Oh yeah, from Elite. Um, I think a massive upgrade over the result personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I shot the result okay when I did, but uh, this bow yeah, is the, amazing. The first thing you notice, honestly, when you set it up is it doesn't require as much weight on the bars no. as you're used to as any other bow. Right. Um, it's heavier. The The mass weight on it is definitely heavier, but it just sits so still in your hand. It's it's yeah. so enjoyable to shoot, and it does aim really well. well. you know, when I, last year when they came out with the Envision, it was my favorite bow yeah. for sure of the of the year for me. Um, all brands considered. And I remember talking to Josh Sidebottom. He is the chief engineer. And I told Josh, I'm like, you know, you went to the perfect target bow, take a bow and add three inches to it mm-hmm. on each end and call it a day. I mean, it's, that's what they did more or less. That bow yeah. is literally a, a derivative of that, of Envision. Yeah. Um, with just a longer riser. But it's got a, it's just, man, I tell you, the tunability, the way it holds, the way it points and it, the way it aims takes like you said less bar weight you yep. can do more with the bow on the stabilizers because you don't need as much weight you know you know you're not running 30 ounces on that thing correct and adjusting the holding weight and messing oh, with the with, micro adjust holding weight exactly. feature is amazing especially with the three mods and and you know you've you've seen me mess around with it because i'm stupid when it comes to to holding weight i went and <laughs> yeah, got 28 the, pounds the 75 percent mods <laughs> and it it feels like a like a spiral it does feel like a spiral it does 100 it, it will it'll make a true shooter out of you if you yeah. if you start getting lazy yeah um and that's that's really good. I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's definitely probably has it has it all when it comes to the adjustability, the tunability, being able to do everything you want with the bow to cater to your needs. You know, even that quarter inch draw length adjustment's huge. Yeah, um, use it a thousand times. You know, with different customers, and and it's been pretty awesome. I know Matthews didn't change it. They're saying with the TRX series, and I don't, I wouldn't change it if I was them. Yeah. I mean, they're winning. You know, a lot of stuff with it. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, Rainy is just absolutely dominating. Rainy, and, but there's Sullivan. been there's been a lot of changes though. Even you know, we didn't talk about moves, but um, pro guys. I know Justin Hanna signed with Elite. Mm-hmm. He left Matthews. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Douglas recently left PSEs over with Bowtech now, which was a shocker. I, I was really uh, listen they they released that that little teaser yeah, with shadow guy. picture and <laughs> like so every hard. the every human being that saw that that knows anything about target archery is like, like oh yeah kyle. that's kyle it's kyle well it, so ah. it could have been stefan but stefan is not near as wide shouldered as as kyle kyle's got them wide broad shoulders dude <clears throat> um because i thought for a second well maybe that's hansen because they're about the same height but definitely a short guy hell it could have mm-hmm. been me because i'm I think I'm as tall as they are. Almost. Well, speaking of Stefan, he switched to Matthews. He switched to Matthews. Stefan yep. Hansen. Chris went from Hoyt to <clears throat> Chris Schaff went to PSE. Yep. Left Hoyt. Chance um, left Elite and went to Darton. Correct. Um, Bridger went from Elite to Elite to Darton, and then Braden well, Gillantine went from Matthews Braden, to Darton. So did Braden Tanya. and Tanya. Tanya yep. yep, Tanya yep. did too. Um, Danielle, obviously, last year she went from Hoyt to to Darton. Yep. Oh, Jimmy's wife. Yep. Yep. Yeah, she she made that switch, and I mean, there's been a couple other people out there. I can't I can't put my finger on them. Well, Jack Jack Wallace, Jack Wallace went to PSC Darton. to Darton. Yeah, seems like Darton has got the the deep pockets right now, and and they're doing fantastic. <laughs> you know, I'll say this about Darton. I mean, I've known Randy for a couple few 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 years for a minute, and you know, it's hard not to get behind a guy like Randy Kitts. Because mm-hmm. right? let's be honest, he's literally bought two companies that were failing in the last to say 15 years 
and both of them are turned into gold mines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's an he's an unashamed Christian. Yeah. Um, his bows have you know passages from the Bible on him, and and, and you gotta you gotta sit there and wonder. And I've said it for a long time. Me and a couple of guys we talk about when we talk about Randy Kitts is that <clears throat> he's living in God's favor because he's doing it right. He's spreading the message. He's he lives by it. It's his creed. And uh, when I never forget when he called and told me he two years ago he was thinking about buying Darton and I thought he I said Randy you've lost, lost it, dude. it this is where you draw the line brother yeah. <laughs> I mean come on and I'm an old guy 54 years old so I've been around a long time a lot of these people don't know who Darton is correct and that's one of the big disagreements Randy and Kiss and I had I said change a name call it a Black Eagle bow call it a conquest whatever you do but change that dang name and he was he had the, the he had the wherewithal to say no I'm going to keep the brand I'm going to resurrect it and he had a point most of the archers in today's world they shot just got into archery the last 10 or 15 years, they have no clue who Darton is. Yeah. It's the old guard, you know, in our late 40s or 50s that mm-hmm. remember the brand from back in the 70s and 80s. You know, they've been around that long. Yeah. I um, mean, even me, when I, when I seen Jimmy, because Jimmy was really one of the first guys. First ever. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm like, God, Dart, they ain't been around since like the 80s, 80s. bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know they were still in business. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. I they had banished like, like Pearson. Yeah. Say like or yeah, like a yeah. Pearson or uh, God, who's well, I guess they're all into bowfish and stuff now. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the, which um, who's it's the Osprey stuff. Osprey uh, the mm-hmm. Oneida. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, but that was weird. So he's bought them, he's touching them, and he's building them, and he's got his his fingerprint is on that bow. Yeah, and man, writing the checks. I don't think Randy's probably there yet. He's a small businessman, Correct. small company. Yeah, he is. That's growing by leaps and bounds. I think the big thing is, is that you just you can't help but not get behind a guy like him because mm-hmm. you know he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, if in the same situation, I'd do it for less money because I'm betting on a come. You're believing, yeah, you're believing <laughs> no in the doubt person. About you're it. believing in, in what's going to happen. No doubt about it. I mean, he. I mean, I hate to say it, but he he owns the 3D Arrow, right? That's, yeah, range. that's another mm-hmm. thing. The, the amount of people that have swapped Arrow companies. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, he arguably now, I think I read an article, he's the largest stabilizer manufacturer now. I think yeah, he took I over, that. I think he took over Doinker, which is owned I it mean, forever. Well, Maybe that's yeah. on the target side, I don't know. I mean, I, <clears throat> you got some, Bee Stinger's been pretty popular. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean Doink, just, Doinker owned it for so long because they were the first ones to kind of pioneer it. Yeah. At least pioneer a modern stabilizer. Correct. But... Yeah. Hell, Doinker actually just kind of resurfaced because they went out of business for a little bit. Yeah, during or, during COVID. And then I seen them in uh, went under new ownership and came to they were they had a booth in Vegas. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. This yeah, because they, they year, fell so. off the planet. Mm-hmm. For yeah, a while. Oh, dude, I re- they were like the they were the, the remember the Australian the bars. I mean, they were the bars. But yeah, anyways, it, so anyways, Randy, yeah, he's. He's doing it right, man. I'm going to tell you, and we'll find out this year. He is, I talked to him a couple for a couple hours the other day. He was he's on his way out of ATA. Man, he's he's just excited for the season. He said he cannot wait for outdoor target season to start. Yeah. He's, you know, he's he loves the the where they're sitting right now in the indoor season and where they're going. He's excited about Chance. You know, Chance is going into Vegas pretty hot right now. It'll be interesting to see what he does at Lancaster. Um, but you know, Chance, if Chance is on or he's really hot, he'll Dude, be tough. Yeah. I mean, I, the way he shoots, he's just, if he, if he's on, it's impossible. <laughs> and you can't be, it's the thumb. Yeah. It's the thumb button. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I'd what seen, it is. I'd seen that. <laughs> yeah. That's Pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, Darton, but 
you know, I'll go back right now. You got, like I said, Matthews didn't change anything, but they have no reason to, you know, um, Botech came out with a new target bow, the reckoning, the reckoning Gen 38 two. gen two. They've got a 39 and a 36. Gotcha. And then it came out and I heard it's a really good bow. I haven't shot that bow. I yeah. have no idea. Um, PSC's got the contender. PSC's got the, so didn't they release another one? Yeah. So it's a, essentially it's, uh, do you remember the old shoot down? Yeah. So it's, it's similar, basically the, the super RTX with a, instead of a deflex riser, riser, it's reflexed. Oh, okay. So it's similar. It's if for anybody that's familiar, it's similar to the old, uh, shoot down. I think they call it the shoot down too. It's, so it's gotta be a little that faster. Was one, yeah. It's short, just from the shorter brace height. Right. Six and a half. That's probably, I bet it. Yeah, I don't know. Be, I can look it up here. I was curious. Yeah. I know they, they brought they, that out they, ATA show. Yeah, they released that at ATA. Yeah. But it's a, a either straight or a reflex. Yeah. So I yeah. Get a great look at it when I And you got that that Hoyt Stratus. Hoyt Stratus. They're already that's, they're already sweeping too. That's a good bow. Yep. I shot it. That's a hell of a bow. Mikey won um, <clears throat> the final. Sarah won the final with it. Yeah. Everybody was shooting it. Yeah, um, it's a good bow. I'm yeah. not gonna I mean it's you know, I don't care if anybody says they copied PSE and all that crap. I've heard it, but that's a hell of a bow. Yeah. New cam is what I liked. And I heard some of the new guys, even the pros, are going to shoot the new cam over the spiral. A lot of them are. Dude, that new cam is just no about everybody's shooting that oh, HBT cam. A lot of guys are shooting yeah, that. Really thing. like the that adjustability cam. on it. Yes. Well, you know, they can make it aggressive like a spiral. Yes. But now they have the adjustability of draw length. Exactly. So they don't have to like scrounge for a press or be like Steve when he sits there and yoke tunes a bow on the line. <laughs> um, they can they can do that. And that's another thing. The Stratus is not a yoke yeah. system, is it? No, it's back to they it's, use their yeah, new binary, cam, right? binary. It's a yeah, it's a true <laughs> binary cam, yeah. three track binary. It's good bow though. So yeah, and then I bow. think you know the last one is Prime really didn't do anything this year on the target side. Um, kind of disappointing a little bit because I thought that they were going to come back then with a good target bow this year. Yeah, that was a rumor, and um, really just didn't seem to do anything with not the a lot of people are shooting them on the on the tour. Not only two that I know of. Um, well, in the older guys, a lot of the guys are shooting the Nexus Six on the old guys yeah. division. Tim Chekarowski on the pro side is still shooting a, nex uh, a, a Nexus. I think the only guy I know personally that's shooting one is and uh, Calvin. Sean Vincent. Sean Vincent is and Calvin Gross. Yeah. And Calvin won, or, you know, the first one. Foley, Foley with that. Yeah. yeah. Last year. I shot with Calvin a couple times this year. He's a heck of a good guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a weird year from a target side. Then you know, all the new honey bows that came out. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's kind of cool. You know, Hoyt, I thought Hoyt did a great thing. With a VTM? Well, not that VTM. I don't think they did a lot. But why would you? I mean, they're both their RX seven's a good bow, yep. really good bow. Um, their Venom Pro was a good bow, well, well, you know, liked. Mm -hmm. And you know, in a in an uncertain economic year, just like we're having, them. just you know, hey, we're gonna we like our where we're at. Mm -hmm. We like where we're at. We're gonna leave it alone and yeah, and just continue to sell what we have. And I think that will maybe a financial strategy is gonna work for them this year because let's be honest, we're slow. It's you know our this economy we're sitting in is not in a good place yeah. and we're starting to see it and feel it. So I thought Hoyt did a good thing by they saying did, they did more on entry level. As far as I know, they, yeah. they came out with an entry level bow that was a little bit more economical, Yeah, which is smart. Yeah. You know, agreed. Hey, you don't have to go buy this expensive bow. Right. Start with this. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think PSC just launched their new bows. Um, the Unite. Unite. Unite in the Fortis. The Fortis, yeah. I think it's called the Fortis. Uh, for me, I don't know. I just thought they looked like an EVL. I mean, personally. Yeah. They, an EVL I mean, would not it, it, be, Well, we, with an S 
with the new S2 cam. Yeah, we've all been in the industry long enough to know most riser geometries and stuff have like a two to four year lifespan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they rotate that with a two to four year lifespan with cams and just kind of flip flop. They get the new riser, put the old cam on it, then they mm-hmm. get the new cam, put it on the put on that riser, you know, a year or two later. Yep. And then, yep. you know, they just keep walking, kicking that can down the road. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, for the, that. No. For the most part, that's what most companies have done for the last, I don't know, at least the last ten years. Yeah. Ten years or so. Ten oh, yeah. to Ten to fifteen years, it's well, kind of been know, that come, way. But and I, I, I'm going to say it, and I've always said this before. I probably even said it on this podcast. I don't know why these manufacturers get in this race to create a new bow every year. Drives me crazy. Just leave it. Um, Bro, exactly. They've been, they've been manufacturing the Winchester Model Seventy for, for how long? A hundred years, almost. The the 1911. Well, that over one's hundred years. Over, yeah, 100 and years. ain't changed. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and people, I get this question all the time: Why don't bows hold their value like guns? And that's why. Yeah. Bows are like year. bows are like cars. As soon as you take it out, you've lost thirty yep. percent residual income on it See, because it's bow companies should be like all these <clears> other <throat> accessory companies that research for two years and then launch a product. Yes. Meanwhile, it's just, they're just sitting but, there waiting. But somewhere down the line, they got into this race to bring out the new product to create market share every year. And I think personally, it's hurting the bows more it than it's helping the bows. It's hurting the consumer, you know. And but but I will say the only you know let's be honest, the people that are winning in that game mm-hmm. is the manufacturers. Yeah, I mean because if you got to be one of those consumers, has got to have the latest and greatest. You're going to buy one every single year. Yep. You know, there's probably what thirty to forty percent of our market that's going to do that yeah, to I mean, take advantage of the quote unquote upgraded technology there's there's a lot of fanboys out there oh my god they've got to have the greatest and latest and, and i just don't i just personally don't think that's a solution but you know yeah exactly yeah. but no it, it's and so and anyways you're you know so they're really and bridger you said it a hundred times how many more ways can we build this camera this riser or this cable guard or this you know whatever it may be you know matthews i thought did something crazy off the off the shelf with their new uh eight limb bow you know the phase four. Oh, the four. That's, yeah, that's. Just, I mean, uh, it's it's of everybody they came out with new hunting bows this year. Like that one's probably the most intuitive or most different uh, of any doubt. other company without that's come out with anything this year. Without not, and not that it's like a crazy idea or anything, but I mean, it's it is different. Nobody's ever done put literally integrated the vibration dampening into the limb itself mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i guess you could say that they cop you know quote unquote copied bear but all bear was doing was gluing a rubber dampener <laughs> to the top of their limb right but yeah it's i mean definitely it's, the at the most, very uh, least it's different that's a radical potential change with yeah. that which could you know i think the, the what we oh what i'm hearing online and with customer feedback that comes in and out of here is you know the longevity of the the rubber dampeners in question mm-hmm are the eight limbs going to work in unison as far as deflection changes? You you go to eight limbs, you've got double the potential Marsh problems forever, with yeah. deflection issues yeah, in, over time. You have one limb, you have the four limbs that you had initially, and then you just slice them slice in half. The so is exactly. your deflection number is really going to be that far off? I don't know. We'll Plus, see. I mean, they, I've having shot for Matthews, you know, I shot for them for five years, visited their factory, saw all their different testing areas and stuff. They've like, probably been testing this for two dude, years. They've been testing that shit for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they have a cooler they walk into and shoot that bow at negative 40 <laughs> degrees and they've got a heater. They go in and shoot that bow at 120 degrees right. plus. So right. like, and you know, they're at least one company that does give their 
at least on their hunting side, give their product to to guys to go out and field test stuff. Right. I mean, Chris went to Chris B was in Alaska, shot that Yukon moose last year with that phase four months before it came out. Right. Months before it was released. And granted, at that point, it is essentially a final product. But, right. Right. You know, they at least have it field proven that like, hey, you can drag this behind you in the Alaskan Yukon area and beat the absolute shit out of it and it's probably going to be fine. Yeah. And I would say that for most bow companies and right. pretty much every bow company, they've at least put it through the, put it through everything through its paces before they say like, Hey, here you go. Now, right. granted, like we had the Hamsky guy, Hamsky guys come in here the other day, you know, a few, you know, a few weeks ago and they're like, you know, we can test all this stuff as much as we want, but the guys we need to be asking are guys like you in a bow shop. You guys set up 20 bows a day. I'm the I can't remember the gentleman's name he talked to, but he goes, you know, I I set up my buddy's bows, whatever. I set up my buddy's bows. I'm in charge of, you know, R and D and developing some stuff with them. And like I set up four to six bows a year. Like (laughs) you you guys do do that that first hour opening. Yeah, you guys do that in your the first half of your work day every day, five days a week. Like so No, it's it's you know back to that, but yeah, Matt I and it's Matthews did the biggest, most radical, I think, potential change if you look at it from a, you know, even yeah. with their integrated stabilizer that they yeah. created, you know, and they're, that the jury's out on whether that, you know, is a system that's, I have a little question about it because it's aluminum, kind of going backwards instead of carbon. Um, Aluminum's <clears throat> light and abridged technology. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're putting four ounces on the front of you. You can screw a broomstick to the front of your bow and it's going to perform the same you know, yeah. eight inch broomstick with four ounces true. of weight on it as this it will your $120 <clears throat> high modulus carbon stabilizer. Right. Like at something that short, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. Then, um, who else? Bowtech's new hunting bow was, I think. The carbon bow. Carbon one. Yeah, the, the carbon. The carbon bow was a big one. And they're getting a little bit of heat because it weighs more than their aluminum version. Yeah. The um, FM, FMJ Riser. FMJ, the FMJ <laughs> Riser. Um, I shot it. It actually shoots really good. It's heavy as I'll get out. That mm-hmm. bow is, for a carbon bow, it's extremely heavy. And I, you know, the whole, I think the biggest sales point for a carbon bow is is light. Correct. The weight. And the weight. The weight. The weight saving is supposed to be the whole. That's what. Well, no, weight. your hands don't get cold. Yeah. That, <laughs> this is true. Bro, go this to Tyson's true. and spend five bucks on a pair of gloves. Yeah, exactly. Um, we want to talk about that one. Yeah, they've then, got their carbon. Well, a lot of people came out with carbon bows, you know. Well, then Elite came, came out, out with, with the new Omnia and the new Era. Yeah. And I will say the Era, I think, is going to change the carbon market a little bit. Yeah. You know, kept price point down. They're 200 bucks cheaper than PSE and white both. Um, they have a carbon bow that if you don't know it's carbon, it looks aluminum, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. So there's not a, you know, the tubular frame. It doesn't frame look all it doesn't weirdo look, space yeah, age. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's got, the, you know, the perfect specs in my opinion, you know, that 31 and change axle to axle with a seven, seven inch brace height that's still going to hit 335. That's a, man, those numbers are pretty awesome on paper. Um, and then it's came down at like a 3.6, 3.8 pounds. Yeah. It's there. just barely above three and a half. Yeah. And that's, that's a wheelhouse. Cause you know, the PSEs that we've shot in the past, those levitates and Mach ones, I mean, them suckers at what, two nine, them suckers are light mm-hmm. and I could never get them to shoot the way I wanted past 60 or 70 yards because of the it's too just light. so light yeah. yeah i ended up putting so much bar weight on them i kind of negated the, the whole purpose yeah. yeah but they were they elite did a heck of a job i think the, like matthews coming out with that carbon bow is a big risk for them 
this year. I mean, Matt has said it in interviews in the past, like I, McPherson, like what? Why would I do a carbon bill? Yeah. I would be shocked to ever see Matthews release a do carbon. It. Bill. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Prime came out with a new Revix. They changed their name from that inline. Rumor is it that Hoyt apparently owns the inline trademark. That's the only reason they changed that name to Re- oh, what is it, uh, Revix or something? Or? Yeah, the new oh, Revix. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Holly had that that inline uh, 34 or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then Prime did, you know, I don't know. I was a little, man, I'll tell you, Prime is it's a company that I've been a part of and followed them for the last seven years, helped them really, I mean, we've, we've done great with them. Mm-hmm. Um, this in, the inline single cam, I don't know. I mean, from a, from, from a shop perspective, I would consider it a downgrade. From the shooter perspective, it's probably an upgrade because you are getting more efficiency out of the cam running a single modular system to where if your draw length's 29, you have a 29-inch mod. If it's 27, yeah, you got a 27-inch mod. They went to a specific module system Yeah, mod-specific cam. Right. So you're getting, you are getting more efficiency out of that cam than using your standard rotating right. mod. But as as a you know a pro shop employee as a pro shop owner as somebody that helps out of the pro shop like for us it's a giant pain in the ass because now you know we how we still have a wall full of modules from matthews from matthews and, and, hoyt. and hoyt and everybody when they all had you had to have a different mod for every different cam Elite. for every different drawing yep. yep like we that. got a whole mod of a whole wall of bows from five years of selling bows with different mods draw link specific mods and we finally got away with that or got away from that with literally every company yeah for the longest time excluding yeah. matthews they're the only ones that have really Stayed stuck to that yeah you know stuck to that hill and you know now they're kind of switching back to that so as a shooter i appreciate it but as a shop employee or you know if you're a well, uh, if you're a guy that likes to tinker with your shit you know move it around you know see how it shoots with your draw peg in this spot and your mod over here yep. or like trying to play with different draw lengths figure out what you like and don't like it's a giant pain in the butt well and even from a consumer or a shooter perspective if you get that bow and you're the guy that trades in bows every year you you've limited your your marketplace yeah now instead of it's, being able to sell it to a guy 26 that's tw- to 31 inches yeah, now you can only sell to guys that are yeah. your size. Yeah, yeah, and then you're gonna have guys calling up, "Hey, man, I need mods for this Revex," you know. And that that for me, the resale side of it, it hurts a little bit for them. I don't know if the efficiency gains, which I heard they're getting, which is only I like mean, four to seven percent. Yeah, I mean it. it's pretty negligible. It's negligible I think yeah. for most people. Yeah. But if you're that guy that's like, oh, I got, I gotta be at two ninety plus. <laughs> like, you probably you might have a little bit time easier yeah. time hitting that number. Especially yeah. if you're on the shorter end of that cam. Oh, no doubt. You know, if you're somebody that likes to hit a certain speed with a certain weight arrow, you got a better shot at it yeah. on the shorter side of that cam. Obviously, guys with long draw lengths like you, Jason, like don't have to worry <laughs> about it because you got 40 feet on Scott anyways, just like They're out of the part. gates. Yeah. So regardless yeah. of what bow you're in, but. Yeah. I just wish, you know, I, my whole thing was. Prime's trademark, in my opinion, was a dual cam system, mm-hmm. the two cam system, top and bottom. And I thought getting away from that was just, for me, a little bit dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just their trademark. Their- in their defense, the solo cam was Matthew's trademark for, you know, damn near oh, 20 God, years. Yeah, 20 years, 20 years, yeah. And they don't even sell a single cam bow yeah, anymore. Well, I take that back. I think they do still technically sell the C4, but that is the only solo cam bow 
to my knowledge, that's still in their lineup. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. I mean, even Hoyt, their cam and a half. Now, they're most, the last two years, they haven't had a cam and a half on their half. Yeah, they've had a binary system on all their bows for the last two years, or all their their hunting line bows, anyways. Yeah, the bow, but I'll tell you what, the new RevX, Mm -hmm. I like it because it feels like a target bow. I mean, it's got, uh, if you shot it, you would like it, J-Word. It's got, the back wall is not that prime back wall that you can dump off into and hold you it for an eternity. Yeah, exactly. It's not that no more. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit of, it's got some push back there. When you get to full draw, you know it's there. You can feel it. It's ready to go. You yeah. know, not so much when you let down a little bit, it's going to grab you and go, but it's it's a different feel, completely different feel. Yeah. And I guess that's a big thing. I'm looking at, and maybe I'm being nostalgic, but what brought prime to the game was the two cam balance system. Mm-hmm. Um, their patented let off that you could literally hold for four minutes if Correct. you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the adjustability that let off, you know, with their slot draw stop mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And now we got a hard stop in a peg. We have probably, I think, the least amount let off we've ever had in the prime. And then you've got, you know, the, the the module system. I mean, those three things for me, I just think, man, what's prime want to be when they grow up? To me, it seems like Pick they're kind of they're kind of going around the horn a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying none of it's good or bad. Um, it's just different. And I, I think, you know, you know this. Hoyt ran a cam and half system for how long? Uh, well, up until two years ago. <laughs> exactly. A long <laughs> effing time. Like you said, Matthews ran their single cam system for over 20 years before switching to basically dual. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought that manufacturers or brands should, you know, ride the horse that got you there until you can't no longer to it's keep you know, to that. And then, and then, yeah, and then make a drastic change like Hoyt did with the binary. And like, well, you there's know. like, there hasn't been a change to the spiral cam in God ever. I mean, little tweaks here and there, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's the same deal. But it's cam. still, it's still an egg. 100%. Still it's an egg. It's an egg. It's an egg. Cam. Yeah, exactly. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I know that that's the, when I, when I did shoot that prime a long time ago, that was the one thing that, that I noticed was the let off. Oh, and then just not being able to let down. That's, that's kind of what, what got me out of it. Yeah. Um. I need. I need something that's gonna pull me. You know, almost lose. Which the whole forces valley. you to stay back. Yeah. I mean, but you shoot a I, recurve. But if I do, yeah, this is true. Zero <laughs> percent let off. Exactly. On that thing, you want to hold forty eight? Get forty eight, bro. I got that horse bow. <laughs> yeah. <go>. Um. No, <laughs> it's just you know I've got to. If I need to let down, I can't afford to sit there and yeah. and wait a whole minute to let down. Yeah. Because it won't. Dude, go. it's brutal. And yeah. then you even even the new um the new carbonara. I uh, which I call it the spaghetti bow because of carbonara, but I, yeah, I set it up with a with the max amount of let off, and I drew it back, and I tried to let down, and it was like any minute now, oh, yeah. any minute this oh, thing's yeah. gonna derail, it's gonna derail because it's got a massive valley before it goes into that back wall. So it's but funny for for us elk, for us mountain western elk hunters and stuff. You gotta have it. We love it, man. Yeah. I mean, if I can hold that thing for three or four minutes, I'm good. I'm golden. Yep. Because it may take that long for that animal to give you present you the right shot while the calling sequence is happening and so on and so forth. It's I learned that lesson this year. <coughs> yeah. Or exactly. this last year when yeah, I was sitting there season. waiting on waiting on a, a mule deer to come in. Yeah. And just sitting there holding and I was like, Holy damn cat. it, man. I put performance mods on this yeah, remedy and I have a, it and I have it at the least amount of let off. Why did I do this? Yeah, exactly. So luckily, it took it took only like a minute and a half, but yeah. still yeah, a long time. See, yeah, but I and see where you guys want that. Uh, that without that. a doubt. So yeah, but it's a uh, prime, like I said. But I love the way the new Prime Bow feels. The draw cycles butter. 
Um, it reminds me. Have you shot it yet? You even shot the dang thing. I think I drew back once. It reminded me of the no cam for Matthews, hmm. without a hump. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. hump. You just transition into the valley very smoothly. Um, there is no noticeable. The primes for years have had that that big abrupt break off into the valley, which caused a lot of the limb stops to hit so hard it would scare deer. Yeah. We had a lot of customers talk about that. Um, that's gone. Or on so, the target I mean, side, you'd have an arrow that would bump off the yeah the, the blade. Bump off the blade, yeah, exactly. And that that doesn't happen now with this new one. And I tell you, that's that good. is a huge pickup. And then they fixed the one thing that this dog has been bitching about for I don't know how many years. They finally put a threaded insert on the back of that riser for that low hole mount. Oh, and left See, it left it square. Yes. God, it's like. Thank the Lord, because yeah. <laughs> doing that on their old system absolutely was horrible. What do you mean you didn't like carving aluminum out of the riser yeah. right in front of the customer? Like right in front of the customer. Dude, I would put their in. bow press in because they never did the the plugs right. In the and, and you know, uh, here's the other thing: people don't realize it, but you know that lower hole, you've got it on the upper side too. That's a fixturing mount for when they're cutting that riser. Yeah. In oh the yeah. CNC. yeah, yeah. It was never designed to be a stabilizer hole. No, they just happened, like they got done with it and they're like, oh shit, oh, let's, just thread, let's just thread it with the exactly. 5 here. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, they when when they did that, and so it was a big deal to fix that because we would have to sometimes take the bow in the press, take the cams off so like the cables are in the way so that I can get a tap and die in there mm-hmm. to thread out that hole properly. So you can mount a So I can mount, mount yeah. Bar. And then I one time, dude, I screwed up. I was yeah. talking to a customer, actually complaining about this very subject. And I tap that tap all the way through. Oh, I remember that. You ever tried try to take a tap out the way it went in? Oh, you went all the way in and got Dude, to where the threads ended. Stuck. <laughs> and I'm like, what the f am I gonna do? Because I I'm serious to try to pull that out and create enough tension to lift on it while you're threading it. Nope, bro. You got to Dremel that and cut bro. it and pull it out, bro. <laughs> I was fuming then it happened and i, I mean I, and that, that just made the whole thing even exasperate the problem yeah. i think i made a really bad video for that actually and i heard prime may or may not have seen it because that was, I like was 2019 something <laughs> it like was that. bad dude. bad bad uh, anyways but they fixed that and that was yeah. a for me was a big deal yeah um, Qual- and then of quality course, of life change yeah <laughs> a big time and then uh the last one really was darton coming out with the uh veracity the Veracity and the Prelude, and Bridger talked a little bit about it. I will tell you that Veracity is as good as bows I've shot. It's simple, you know, as far as the simplicity of the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fat. It's pretty dang fast in it, Bridge. Dude, I mean, I'm shooting. Wow, well, Grant, I'm shooting mine at 29, so 28 and a half, just so I can get a little extra speed. But 20, <coughs> dude, I'm shooting. Uh, big boy, big boy, stretch out, long arms. <laughs> uh, no, I'm shooting a uh, like 29, 70. Mine came in at like 74. 74 pounds and then i'm shooting a three four hundred eighty grain uh rampage i got a 300 rampage with the folk aluminum focus on it and i'm shooting in at like 285 oh, i have a 35 inch bow yeah that's fast nice and you know so, the draw, you would think that draw cycle would be harsh and it's not no it just has a, to get that speed it just has a little bit shorter valley on the back end so it's it's a better suited bow for a more active shooter mm-hmm. just because of that shorter valley like yeah. not that it, it's still 85 percent. like i'm still only holding like i don't know like eight and a half or nine pounds so it's yeah. still pretty you know close to that 90 percent mark but that valley it, it is a little bit shorter yeah if you come off that back wall a little bit it'll start to take She'll off some you. but now the prelude they made the 32 inch axle axle that bow's a hammer yeah it, you feel that cam yeah that cam's it's <laughs> 
for as aggressive as it is, it's very smooth. Very smooth. Very, it's very, what, very 345 smooth. IBO? Yeah, she's quick. She's really quick. And it's a pretty compact little bow. I mean, it was one of my favorites. I love that bow that came out this year with them. And um, so it went, and it, the big thing is, is Randy changed the limb graphics. There's just some cool, you know, the graphics on the limbs are nice. They're not the- Made it more attractive. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy to say that, but yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, and it's a good shooting bow. And I think the big thing there is that, you know, Darton is really in it to kind of for the dealers you know they've got us making more money on their bows than we do on the other ones by far mm -hmm. it's not even the same zip code and then you as a consumer if you're listening you're picking that bow up for about 150 to 250 dollars cheaper than anybody else out there yeah um, and that's a big deal you save that kind of money in, in, in an economy we're in today but still get that same type of performance out of that bow as you would with any other major brands out there it's a pretty good deal yeah that's a pretty good gig. It's not bad at all. Just because it's got a different sticker on the lid. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about some accessories real quick. I mean, Dial came out with their new site. Yeah. I'm, Say that Dial site. It. It's, I mean, I haven't had it, but I've touched it. A couple of customers have got it. Got it. They're pretty nice. Um, I The only reason I like them is because it's the first uh, like slider style hunting site that is actually different than everybody else's. Everybody else's, or, everybody else's slider site it's like a Taco Bell menu. There's five items on the Taco Bell menu, and it just depends on whatever order you put it in is what different item you get. Yeah. It's all the same five ingredients, mm -hmm. and every single slider site on the market is all the same five ingredients. No doubt. It's a roller wheel on the side and, <laughs> vertical a, gear, adjustment. and a vertical gear drive. That's yeah. mm -hmm. all the difference there is. That one, it is still a vertical gear drive, but, I mean, it looks cool because of that uh, little see-through. The yeah. dial on it deal is... You know, yeah, it's got you can the, you can see all the way through. It's yeah, kind of yeah. cool looking, well, but also angle, that angle, the angle adjustment. It's the first, I mean, that's why it's different. So it yeah. just allows you, as you spin that site down, it's getting close to your eyeball. Think, so your gap isn't quite as large. Yep. I think now, the one big miss on it was, and I've heard this from customers. And I didn't know until I looked at one of the guys that has one here, one of our customers is you can't put like an ultra view scope on it. You can. Mm. They have different, they have, uh, they have three different, uh, Windage bars. windage bars yeah. okay well when they came out when caleb got his when they the, the initially yeah Louisiana. when they had initially released them they only had the one but now okay. they've got a universal one which will take Anything. 90 percent of your scopes shrewd excel yeah. uh CBE. you know cbe whatever yeah. um they have an ultra view one and they have their proprietary one which fits their housing gotcha it's a cool looking site I mean, yeah, they, it's got the cool factor. They are sexy. I think the only thing some of the guys, Caleb even said that he's one of the guys that bought one of the first ones that came out. How he gets this stuff, I don't know. He's an old kind of Cajun country boy from Louisiana. Um, but Caleb was saying that he he wasn't sure the fit, finish, everything. I think it sucked almost 600 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'd built one with the, with the UV bracket. It was like 380, I think. So that's without a house, without a housing, it was about four hundred bucks. That's not bad, um, not bad at all. And then, well, Ultraview is a big new kid on the block right now. I mean, those guys are rocking it mm -hmm. with their UV three, um, the new three pin they have, the three and the three XL, and then they came XL. out with that new three pin, or yeah. well, technically four pin, four pin with the cartridge. four pin cartridge. Yeah, yep. Yep. Um, and they then stop making target release, uh, target grips that's one thing they they got away from yeah i, I haven't seen do. a lot of target grips i still have them do they still have they them? have them but they're not making anymore yeah they're not there's not a it's not, was, i don't know if it's part of their what they're going to do moving forward yeah i mean as far as i know i talked to somebody out there and they said that they 
they got away from it. Are they? Well, their yeah. their new button's pretty cool. I love that's what I'm that's what I've been hunting with. I really? love that button, man. Yeah, their that new button is pretty phenomenal. cool. I always, you know, I I will say this that unless you set it, I found a way to set it up right, and maybe I'm wrong, Bridger, but that button really works in the horizontal plane more than the vertical plane. Yeah, so I thought Colby that, designed it that way to get people yeah. to pull through their shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, and it, it's designed to be shot with rotational pressure correct, on a thumb pad. Correct. And a lot of guys don't do that with thumb buttons. They're punchers. Exactly. And that button is hard to punch, I'll tell you that. If you if you like to just slap well, the living daylights If you it. know how to punch it. Like, <laughs> I, I, the, like five deer I've killed with it. I can you get it punch the daylights out of it? <laughs> I punch the shit out of that. Well, I thing. figured out how you can kind of help that along by that thumb position well, is pretty do. important. Yeah, if you bit, if either put the thumb, swing it back a little bit so yep. you have a better angle at your yep. at your uh, uh, how you're putting load on that barrel. Yeah. But I mean, for ninety nine percent of the time, you shoot it, you can shoot it and operate it exactly the same way as you would their hinge too. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Which and that's I mean, so cool. obviously, that's why why they designed it that way. Yeah. If you and that's what's kind of cool because you can theoretically go from hinge to button, same form, fit, function, and feel essentially, and not have any issues. And not have any issues. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but they're definitely. I mean, they they are got the cool factor right now. Everybody wants their stuff. Hell, I shoot it. I'm not gonna lie. I love their stuff. If you're if you're somebody amazing. that doesn't like having a pin post in your sight for 3D shooting a fiber and stuff. I, I don't think there's anything better, better out there. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody that's <clears throat> refitted like four or five different housings to run a, a you yeah, know, a, you a center drill right. lens. Your housings, when you got done with them, were not the manufacturer's housings. <laughs> Listen, I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. You can't go to Golf Galaxy and buy Justin Thomas's irons you can't go to golf galaxy buy Roy mcelroy's irons why should you be able to go into a pro shop and buy bridger deaton's buy good. my <laughs> buy my exact setup or buy this is chance true. or Braden's exact this setup like it's damn truth if you make ain't custom fitting your shit to work for you better then you ain't doing enough to make to it make yourself better, better. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. no there's a lot of truth to that. that's one thing that i got into last year was actually <laughs> not being afraid to mess with my stuff yeah like putting putting a uh, nail polish on my sights and making a mat and stuff like that. I, I was talking to Bridger. And Dude, I like, yeah, I got you to repaint a couple of your housings yep. and you're like, holy shit, that does make a difference. Makes a, difference. a certain color and yeah. it calms you down. Yeah. Um, put some matte nail polish on it so that the sun doesn't glare off of them. Yeah. Little things like that and, you know, just customize it, make it yours. Oh, that's cool, dude. You pay yes. for it. Yeah, exactly. If you're one of our customers, take your stuff, break it, come in, buy more of it. Yep, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing that came out last year was I think was probably one of the coolest things if you're a target guy is Cooley making that doublet lens. Yeah, the thing's legit. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I'd i heard about it. I ran over to Camp Menden. They just came out. I ran over to the Lancaster. I told Mike, Mike, can I take one of these and try it? Gave it to me. I took it over to the practice range. And the difference between a five-power lens with the new doublet. What it is, is Cooley is done. And I heard this is being done. This is done all the time in rifles. In rifle scopes, yeah, so sandwiching two lenses together mm -hmm. to get a what a better vision, gathering more light. Well, it's it's so I mean, the, obviously, I'm not an optometrist. Chuck is that's why he knows how to make them, right? But essentially, it's easier to make a clear lens that's a two and a half power, or you know, a two or three, whatever. Uh, it's easier to make a more optically centered lens at a lower power. Than it is to make one big lens at a higher op 
higher power right. or a higher diopter, right. diopter or whatever it's called, you know. So he's ta- basically just taking two lenses and sandwiching them together to get that higher power to lower grade or to lower magnification lenses and sandwiching them together to, to get, get a that. higher power number correct so instead of instead of trying to put everything into one six power lens and struggling to get your optic center right tr- struggling to get you know all the image distortion and stuff off of that it's easier to do it with two lower powered lenses mashed well, together and I, that's I'm essentially you, what it is that lens is unbelievable you know it's a little pricey i think they're with their price point i think it's a little bit north of 200 180 to 200 dollars. but i want to tell you it's for me getting older the way it lit up a target the, the clarity of that target the way it you know it's almost starburst in my vision was phenomenal yeah. i thought one of the coolest things that came out last year for sure well he's got that that stabilizer mount oh you know i want to try dude oh you showed it to me this that. morning you At showed verse, it to me this morning no 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 cooley didn't make that one it's a different one so Tabanski showed me this. So Chuck's made a new stabilizer mount. I, has it even on the market yet, Chase? I don't think so. I don't either. You, of all people, I said, if Bridger Deaton sees this, he's going to be all over it. Is it like an adjustable one? No. So it's, you know how, if you look at the shrewd bar mount that has, you know, the, the Braden shoots, just the, the horseshoe? You know what I'm talking about? No. Michael Braden shoots the horseshoe mount from shrewd. It's just a piece of, looks like a horseshoe, and then he puts, you screw in the two bars on the oh, side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the V-bar mount. Like the okay. old, the old, uh, Control freak ones. Yes. Look at this, dude. That for you. Oh, yeah. tell me you would not be all over that. No. Why? You're dude. You've that always, shit's from the. That shit's from wanna, the seventies, bro. You always want to move your center of gravity higher. You're the highest guy that you shoot the highest center of gravity bar mount that I've ever seen. That, well, just because I don't put my back bar like below my bottom. Yeah, cam. you run it neutral. And now I thought, man, if Bridger could get that dang front bar even higher than it is. I thought you'd be like all over that. No, I gotta try that. <clears throat> Literally, dude, cool. they've had that. Sh- no, nah, I've yeah. never seen that, dude. Doug Montillion, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2011 or 2012 when he got third at Lancaster, shooting a white fast flight or something, like old school boat, like yeah. from the ni- like early 90s. early 90s. He had that exact thing on his front bar. Are you kidding me? No, that I mean, shit's dude. That shit is from the seventies and eighties. Well, Cooley's acting like that. He just freaking created. No, made it's that like thing. every. I mean, not trying to dog Cooley here because he obviously makes a lot of cool shit. Yeah, but everything that's old is new again. They just like when when uh, the dangle bars started getting popular again. <laughs> the you know the eight, ten, yeah. twelve. Well, the nose button uh, dangle bar, dude. Guys were doing that back in the eighties. That's wild. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's, I thought you would be all over that thing, but yeah, Chuck Cooley is a pro archer that shoots with us, and man, the guy's, he's a semi-genius. I think he comes up with some great stuff, and I, what he did with the doublet lens last year was amazing. You need, if you're if you're a target guy, look at that lens, it's worth every dang penny, in my opinion. I'm trying to think what else, who came out with anything crazy new. So ATA, all the stuff that just came out, you know, you got Excel, they got the their new sites, which they just cut their, their yeah, travel Yeah, I don't bar. know about that. Cut the travel I mean, they had that two before and, and the moved old, it on the back. They had that stuff before. Well, I guess they didn't have the movable bracket, but they had the when they had the AX series stuff, like way back when they first came out with target sites, they yeah. were do, they had like the little two inch bar. Yeah. So I remember being super jealous of Jesse. He had one of them little itty bitty ones. Yeah. And I'm like, God, that's way cooler than my big honking like eight inch recurve yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. But that's they yeah, came they out got, of that. They Who got else? that. They've got They've got a couple of them. They got a one and a half, a two inch. They got yeah. a curve one. Um, some new releases with their um, their 
trident seared thing mm-hmm. um, on a on a button. Um, what else did I see? Uh, they've got a new trigger. New trigger. trigger. Yep. They got a new trigger release. Um, they got some new stuff going with their stabilizers too. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah. Ramrods has got some new bars coming out. Ramrods has a new bar coming God, out. Dude, I was looking at, like, I like to get on Archery Talk to make myself feel better about not being dumb. And, like, I was looking for somebody to, like, post updates and shit or, like, all oh, this cool new stuff at ATA. And there really wasn't. Mm-mm. I didn't see a whole lot. And maybe that's just me being a no, bad dude. internet sleuth, but I didn't see a whole no, lot of wasn't. cool new. It's all on Instagram. Cool new shit. There just, wasn't a lot of cool stuff at all. I think just follow the influencers. They'll they'll post all the yeah, they'll tell you all all about how to it. use it. Indoors alley. Yeah. They'll tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah. It's I agree with you. And I was just trying to think some of the stuff that did come out in this past year that, you know, was really cool. Um, you know, hunting wise, we didn't see a whole heck of a lot of stuff. I mean, um, you know, Hampsey coming out of the Epsilon rest was a cool thing. Yeah. Last year. Um, oh, somebody, some trail camera, they came out with a live stream camera. Oh yeah. I heard about that. So you can, you literally like, it. it'll take pictures and send them to your phone like it normally would, but you can literally hop on like go to camera yeah, A, yeah, 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 yeah. push Melissa, it and it'll give you a live stream Melissa live Bachman image of talking it. About that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, are they, I think they're called shadow or stealth. I think shadow, shadow sounds right. Yeah. I don't know. There was a, there was some cool stuff out there. New arrows. <laughs> I didn't see a whole lot of innovation. Gold tip came out with a new Pierce. I forget what they called it. Um, That looks like a four millimeter. It's a tiny one. It's smaller than even um, their other Pierce lineup with a new insert outsert system that, according to Tim, was better than what it has been. I forget the name of it. Um, They just released it like I think the last day of the show. Yeah, I know Houston's got that that small diameter Mm -hmm. of carbon. Yeah, everybody's Mm -hmm. going small. You know, and even the broadhead companies, I mean, I still will say mechanically wise that the G5 dead uh, mega meets the best. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the most nasty, most lethal broadhead on the market right now from, yeah. from a mechanical standpoint. I mean, I, I keep I keep slick trick and mega meat and dead meat in my quiver. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's just a hell of a broadhead. You know, yeah. and I, I still think, and I'll say it now and I'll say it out loud, I still, to this day, think the Rage Tripan is the best mechanical broadhead and i know bridget you'll agree with me i love that tripan it's amazing bro. but uh, you know i just i can't get past the company going to a two broadhead pack a year and a half ago joe biden's america and dude. left the pricing as high as it was with three less for more yeah and, and i think it hurt him yeah i mean you arguably had the best mechanical broadhead on planet earth this is before the mega came out, and then you got greedy you know i hate calling out companies that way but dude at the end of the day just a horrible move yeah you know, we tried to sell them. I ordered some, and I knew this was going to happen. They're going to go and just transfer it to another broadhead that they can get an extra broadhead for the same money mm-hmm. instead of, you know, there's some guys that, of course, that financially are, you know, well off that they don't, it doesn't matter to them. They don't care. Yeah. But to the average but To the average guy, it was just a value decrease, you yeah. know, and it's just, I think, a horrible move by them. And it really- Everybody else has got And what's three. sad, Rage had all the steam- that year with that broadhead mm-hmm. i mean dude it was amazing still is amazing and then to, to pull a stunt like that i thought was just irresponsible i mean honestly i don't know yeah if i'm in that business line and i'm the ceo of that company and yeah whoever made that call would be i still like looking their, for a new job plus p uh, plus p is amazing yeah still great the head. one and a half inch <clears throat> is really amazing good. head um but i still all things considered the tripan and i know bridger how many you shot how many deer with one head one year 
Uh, I think it was like the first second year they had them. I killed like twelve deer with the same with the same same feral and blades. Yeah, you can't do that with another broadhead. Yeah. I mean, the G five as good as that Mega Meat is. Mm-hmm. Those blades are so thin and sharp, and I think it's why they're so they lethal. Warp a little bit, they yeah. warp. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting more than a couple of deer. I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with Sever. Yeah, Sever was pretty good because I sh- I shot a pig with the Sever backwards. Yeah, and it's still like gutted. It. <laughs> yeah, and that no, was so that was the my... fourth animal that that broadhead had gone through. Yeah, that, Jesse and, shot and it. It's I a shot great it head. Recording. Yeah, I I still will say as a pro shop owner, and this is, and I will tell you, it do, it anybody does. listening to us will will agree with this. I've talked to every pro shop out there that I know of. Mm-hmm. You'll never hear us get behind it because it's a company that decided to go, this owned by Easton. Consumer direct. Decided to go consumer direct. And I, you know, from that standpoint, you know, What's that's taking point? away the sales out of the shop. Yeah. And I don't know, understand why Easton did that. It makes no sense to me. Because they we, don't do it with their arrows. Exactly. And they they were testing the whole Kuyu Nation theory. You know, or the sit. You know, Sitka's not, of course, not doing consumer direct yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you can go on their website and order wherever you want. Whatever you want, yeah. But I mean, they're not exclusively. They're not shops. That. Yeah, they're not exclusively. They're like Kuyu. Kuyu is an exclusive consumer direct only company, and that's the only thing. You know, I, oh, you'll never hear me say a curse word about the Sever. I did. I didn't like them when it first came out. I thought they were junk. Yeah. Um, but I know the changes they made to it. I haven't heard anything but good things. Yeah. But yeah. last year, I hell, I sent you pictures because oh, I dude, know you like to shit talk them. Yeah, oh yeah. I sent you pictures <laughs> of that the last buck I shot. Yeah. I yeah, shot I it with their hole. new with the their new two inch titanium one. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it performed every bit as good as the tripan. The tripans. The one thing I like more about the rages than at least the newer rages with the no collar stuff than the severs is since all the the no collar stuff is all spring loaded the blades don't chatter yeah no they, don't chat, they don't chatter sitting in the quiver <clears> and <throat> right. if one of the blades pops open i can just reach up and close it close it up yeah, as right. opposed to, to you know for spot the whole collar out yeah if, you, if one of your blades pops open on a on a sever you got to change out the whole rubber band exactly pull the broadhead all the way off put a new band on yeah get it back on there yeah but i mean that's pretty low maintenance stuff but yeah, the one cool thing about the severs is you can you can put that little lock screw in there and shoot actually practice. actually practice with the, not, the exact head that you're going to shoot and not dull your blades. Not dull your blades. Yeah, so you're not burning the head for, for tuning purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just pull the bottom screw out. Not yeah, the top don't one. do what Jason did when he killed that pig and take leave the lock screw in and take the pivot screw out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you turn it into a front deploy. Yeah. Yeah, what's a front deploy? Yeah, it's hilarious. Hey, Sever, if you're listening. Yeah, there you go. Let's make Marketing tip deploy. for you. There you go. Yeah, but so, um, I'm trying yeah, to think. Lots, uh, of, lots of cool stuff. I'm trying to think. Another, nobody big. Ramrods did come out with new bars on the bar side. Rest were pretty quiet. Didn't see a lot of difference and changes in that. Um, everybody's going. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit, talk about some technical stuff, and this would be a good segue. And Bridger, you may disagree with this. You guys both may disagree well, before with Before you go into that, there is one <coughs> tip that I'll give everybody. Everybody that uses a ham ski, and you saw this, um, that's always having issues with that little limb pad sliding. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in Montana that makes a little, uh, oh, dude, a little replacement, oh, that, that, a little replacement screw for the end of your limb. Um, you can go in there and, and swap it out for that set screw that you have, and then yep. you just tie your your ham ski on there. Thing That's what you've got on yours, right? I've got it on every bow I own. It is amazingly now, cool. It does put it on the back of the limb, so if you're anal about when your rest comes about up timing. and falls, yeah. like yeah. with your rest timing, you can adjust it. But yeah. still yeah. pretty cool. But it'll never come off. <laughs> yeah, that's really. The, cool. That's a good thing. But yeah, well, technical stuff. And, I, and I, you showed that to me, and I said, okay, we got to get these because they're they're that neat. They got the cool factor. Yeah, and for sure. he makes them for split limb and uh, single single limb. limb. Gotcha. Yeah, 
They're really cool. Um, no, what I wanted to talk about, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day, and you probably don't do this as much as maybe I do because I used to do it all the time, um, torque tuning. And the ability to get away with and not do that because everybody's going to these new integrated rests from QAD. I mean, the rest that goes onto the riser. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are attached to the riser. Yeah. And you no longer have a slotted um, mounting bracket, which allows you to move that front and back. And I want to say probably close to an inch, inch and a half of, yeah. of travel. Um, Even Hemsky, their new Epsilon's flat, so you can push it straight up against the riser. Exactly. And, and, and I don't know where that came from. I know the integrated rest is a is a got a cool factor, for sure. <laughs> I don't know where... But I think taking away that ability, because I run my rest farther back. So my theory has always been, and I've talked to a lot of guys about this, is that my pivot point of my wrist is where my torque will may or may not land. And if I can get the blade over top of my pivot point, then I'm going to reduce the amount of torque I'm putting on the riser in the event that I make a bad Yes shot. and no. Yes from that part of it, but that only comes into play when you're not shooting with a sight on your bow. The whole premise of torque tuning is matching how much your rest is moving versus how much your sight moves. Okay. That is the entire premise of torque tuning. And I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't done it in over 10 years mm -hmm. because the first time I did it, I happened to get my shit like perfect on the first try, so I've always set my bows up the exact same way ever since then. I'm always I always run uh my housing or at least my elevation bar you know about I think where am I at on that? Like four and three quarter or five inches out from the front of the riser. Uh -huh. And um, the tip of my rest blade, at least on my target bows, tip of my rest blade, like an inch and two or an inch and an eighth or an inch and three eighths from the throat of the grip. And I've, and I've always had my stuff set there. Because the first the time, yeah, the first, the first time I ever tried to torque tune my bow like I went back, I was, yeah, I went back to 70 meters and like shot an arrow, hit next, twisted my bow way to the right, shot, hit, hit a 10 on the left side, twisted my bow way to the left, hit a 10 on the right side. I'm like, I'm okay, good. well, that, I guess I, I guess I yeah. don't need to do anything more than that. And I wrote everything down and I've just always set it up the same since then. Right, right, right. Paige actually has a really good video on it uh, for how she does it. But the whole, the whole premise for torque tuning is getting the relationship between your arrow rest and your sight to match so match. that if you are torquing torquing you know more on one shot or less on another shot that your uh change in impact isn't near as much right gotcha so do you think there's a, a, you know, have we taken away an advantage of being able to move the rest back and forth on today's modern hunting bows no because you've got bows that are 30 inches long with parallel limbs like you literally have to grab the riser and turn it sideways to get enough of a change in impact for it to matter. Gotcha. At least on a hunting bow. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, on a hunting bow for sure. I don't think we'll see them on a target bow personally. Nobody but I mean, them. like, okay, so you say like QAD with their integrated rest stuff and everything, mm -hmm. you know, a hamski with the core and all that on the target side of stuff, because generally that's the only time you are putting that sight further out. Uh, the QAD integrated target rest does have that does has have that capability oh it does yeah you can slide that thing in and out, in and out. gotcha that's why it's got that big goofy rail sticking way behind the yeah sticking way yeah. behind it yeah so for the for the guy that's shooting the hunting bow we don't think it's a big of a, that big of a I, 
big employers. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> generally, your site is so close to your bow for most guys with a standard, you know, fixed bracket. Now, obviously, oh, no, there's more guys shooting the dovetail. Cameron Haynes and all with a dovetail on that hogfather and a three pin head. That sucker but, should not do about 12 inches. But that said, it's also a lot. I mean, I, I'm probably wrong on this, but I think it's harder to torque a 70 pound bow with you know 180 to 200 pounds of pressure on the limbs twisting that riser at full draw it's hard to twist that in and out when you've got perfectly parallel limbs that are coming off at a parallel launch and parallel beyond parallel at full draw like all your pressure on that bow is behind the grip anyways so yeah i don't think it's changing all that much and again you know i compared you know like myself and jason and you and other pro shooters to your average joe bag of donuts like hey they're not going to know how to ter- torque tune their bow correct i mean i've been doing this shit for 20 years and i don't know how to do it <laughs> and yeah, he admits it <laughs> that's what and, but like doing. dude i honestly i haven't like, done i haven't done it in probably well he said 20 years now back in the day when, well, yeah, when it came you're out shooting we call like it a, french tuning because you're shooting shit. a six inch overdraw, yeah. so yep. that you could shoot two hundred forty with an eighteen inch bolt, <laughs> so you could shoot two hundred forty feet a second. Hey, damn, that's the truth too. See, I I went to uh, I went to tape tuning this year mm-hmm. or last year, right before going down to Philly. That's mm-hmm. that's what I did. I just oh, do the the a, tape. Yeah, I did a, the tape cross. Mm-hmm. Yep, did some uh, duct tape uh, horizontal, shot mm-hmm. all the arrows across, and then moved my rest up and down until I could get them all to hit the tape, mm-hmm. and then did the same thing vertically. And move my rest left and right until it was, it was there. I didn't even shoot it through paper because I knew I mean, that that's, if I went and did it, it was going to be horrific. Yeah. So doing that's just a more, uh, I mean, you're essentially just group tuning. Yeah. When you do that. Yeah, it's a group tuning. I mean, it practice. is. It's group tuning with more visual input mm-hmm. from you, or well, it's an easier way to group tune because you can tune each at the same time or each right. separately. Except with. With this, I'm not shooting at a single spot. I'm shooting straight up and right. down to, to get everything yeah. in there. Right. So you you do kind of torque tune in there as well because you're getting your your left and right. I don't know. It's well, you're trying you're trying to you're trying to find the sweet spot to mitigate that left and right hit yeah. as much as you can. All I know is it works, <clears throat> and it does, and, and it, and it, and it does that regardless of because we just be honest, we don't you know 3D is an unfair comparison, but like field that is hyper wouldn't you believe say that in field archery discipline that's hyper important yeah well yeah because you're pointing up and the down angles hills, are up and down you're sideways. pointing up down yeah. side hills you're gonna have different yeah you're gonna have different flooding. pressures yeah different pressure on the back or the front of your bow right you know pointing straight uphill it's a hell of a lot harder to get all the way back Shoot, into that back yeah. wall and not yeah. have and as well as you've got you know with the way we set up bars now I would bet that most guys are running a minimum of 10 ounces on the front and, you know, close to 20 on the back. Yep. Dude, you take that, that's on a level plane, and then you all of a sudden you go and point it up, especially for guys that shoot a lower uh, lower back bar bracket, so uh-huh. you've got your weight on two different axes. Uh-huh. You go and point up, all of a sudden the relationship between those two weights is hellaciously different than what it was when you're pointing on level ground exactly. and it's complete opposite when you're pointing straight down. Exactly. That's the whole reason why I got so used to shooting <laughs> such why a you neutral, neutral. You run neutral on your bars. I get less, yeah, it's less variance for me when I go up and then down. Well, and you said it forever, field's your game. You had to pick a discipline you're, yeah. that you can and excel I just, at. It's going to be field. Yeah, and granted, that's just what I, when I first set up my first real set of target bars, 
you know, back when Blair Sandberg was with Bee Stinger and I got set up with a set from him. Uh, like, that's just how I built my well, bows. And I've always said this, with the bows now in today's world, if we look at most of them, there are a lot of riser and a, lot, and a very little bit of limb. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all riser. Um, I've, I've always said that you get into that situation, you don't need to put a low center of gravity mount back bar bracket on there because the bow's already long. It's going to feel long. It doesn't need any damn help. You know, and then that's why I agree with like with, with how you set bows up on a bow that's long, let's say 37 and more, 30, yeah, 37 and more. And I think a low bar mount can hurt you more. It's going to help you for yeah. the very reasons you're talking about. I mean, because you're thinking about it, and it's a good point. You know, I've never, and I've never and, looked at it that way. Yeah. You look at that differential between where your front bar is and where your back bar is on a 30, on the new verdict, for example. That's yeah, dude, your, your weight's already like if your bar is straight forward and straight back, no vertical change in your right. weight at all. Your weights are already 40 plus inches apart. Correct. If you're shooting a 30 inch front and a 12 inch back, those weights, and especially if you've got it mounted on the back, back of the riser, you're, you know, 50 plus inches or not 50 plus, like a 40 plus inches apart mm-hmm. between the two of them. Now you take and put them on two separate planes. All of a sudden you start go pointing straight up. Now your front bar like depending on how far up or how what far down of an angle is, you're yeah. at. Yeah. If you, on the verdict is a good example. If you have your bar straight out, don't have a down angle and have the your back bar mounted on the lowest hole, which is what, like two inches above the set? Yep. Yeah, so dude, and it's probably you've got, what, 20 inches Yeah, you've got, you've got like 35 inches of riser above you. It, hell, it's a foot or better between your at grip least. and the weight just from a vertical plane <laughs> yes. standpoint. You go and point that bow at 45 degrees up in the air, your weight is literally in line with one another. It probably feels like you're holding a tank. Oh, yeah, dude. That thing weighs Coming a million right pounds. At you. Yeah. I remember talking with, you mentioned Chuck earlier. I remember talking with <laughs> Chuck at Reading one year. He shot with PJ Deloche from France, and PJ had a bracket for his sidebar, and he essentially had a manual J bar. Do you remember the old J oh, yeah. bars oh, with yeah. the yeah, swinging yeah. bars and stuff? Yeah, yeah. He would literally take and measure, like range the target, look at what the angle, angle was. Is. And he had all the little index marks on his sidebar marked in different, ang- like by every like five or eight degrees, whatever it was, and would literally move his back bar every shot. No kidding. And Chuck's like, what in the hell are you doing? He's like, well, yeah, now my weights are all in the same spot. When I get to full draw, my bow is balanced the same whether I'm pointing straight up in the air or, or straight, straight down, down or straight up neutral. Yeah. That makes sense. And Chuck's like, God damn, that's a good idea. <laughs> that said, that's way, way more for me to think about than I want to think about. I'd rather just worry about holding the dot still for three seconds no and letting crap, it rip. Let but, it go. but I mean, it, it, it does hold merit. Now, you know, obviously when you start changing the angle, that back bar, you're changing the, you know, uh, I don't know what, plane we call it but you're changing the, the, the relationship between yeah. how far away that front weight is to how far away that back weight is right. from the from your grip and from each other right so your leverages are going to be slightly oh, different yeah. yeah without a doubt no that's you know that's a great way of i've never thought about it that way but now that you've explained it and i know understand what you're talking about and it makes a lot of sense if you you being in that 35 to 36 inch wheelhouse your bow is you run a, what i would consider a neutral zero bow you take the X and Y axis, horizontal, we, vertical, your bow is pretty centered. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's easier <clears> to hold still. And if I'm not holding well, it's easier for me to move the bow. Yeah. Because that weight's closer to my hand. Yep. Yep. Makes so sense. So, like, if I am if I get to full draw, if we're at Redding, and like I, there's one stretch of targets I always struggle on, and it's 
the backside of the canyon after the after, after the, the grizzly bears, bears. and yeah. it's because we shoot like eight targets in a row <laughs> that are all all straight up yeah and i always struggle in that section but i like having my bars weighted the way i do because even when i'm struggling through that and i'm like fighting to keep it up i'm not fighting left and right like it's if i need to move my bow you know four inches to the right and a couple inches up i it takes me way less effort to do that with a neutral weighted bow than if i've got even if i had less weight on my bow and the weight down at the bottom the of the bottom. riser yeah it's easier for me to move it with yeah. more weight than right. it is having that bar clear down at the bottom of the riser and then a front angle bar and all and this other feels garbage like you're holding up a brick you know mm -hmm. a cinder block trying to move yeah that makes that makes so much sense dude actually <clears throat> big time that's cool um good tech talk on that one that's for that's for dang sure we'll go mess with my weights now i mean i run I mine mean, already on the top bar but yeah. you're right. It's a. It, I see a lot of guys running oh, their dude. bars off the front lately on this giant riser. Yeah. Well, and that, like I said, you can run, you can run more weight, so it's easier to get the bow to sit still. Yeah. But even though it's a higher weight, since it is closer to your hand from a you know up and down axis, like mm -hmm. it's easier to move to where you need it to be, which would yeah. be the center of the target. And I mean, for <laughs> me, I'm I'm just shooting at a level plane. Right. So I'm just trying to get it to sit as balanced as I want it. I'm not going into yeah, you're in downhill. A, right, exactly. Well, and you know, they're even on that side of it. You know, I remember I Courtney and I came and shot last night here when we were closed and I, you know, her and I were talking about it. And it's like I I wanna have I want that bow to have a singular direction. Yep. If I'm if I'm sitting there, what's easier to if you've got a broomstick in your hand? What is easier to hold it on one end and hold it straight out or to sit there and let it balance on your finger and find in that exact spot where it's balancing and you're not having to move. Yep. It's a way easier to hold that bar still or hold that broomstick still. If you just grab it by one end and hold it straight out in front of you. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit more physical effort, but that bar is only going one direction. Right. It's either going straight down or, you know, if you kick your sidebar straight out, it's only going straight out that right. bar that bow is only going one direction and that's the only thing you have to compensate for. Whereas if your bow is balanced perfectly in your hand so that, you know, if you, you let your bow go or you use the, what's that stupid bow balancer garbage yeah, thing. That's, uh, who does that? Dead center archery has that, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you <clears throat> use that thing, then every single movement you make is going to move your sight. Every single movement you mm -hmm. make with your bow hand is going to move your sight, going to move your uh, point of impact. So you're dependent on your body to stay at one specific spot to keep that pin settled. Now I'm not saying it doesn't work because obviously there's guys that have had a hilarious amount of success with it, but you look at guys that are consistently successful, like Rio for 15 years dominated everybody. Guy shot 30 fucking ounces on the front of his bow. Yep. Braden uh, for the longest time shot like 40 something on the back. Chance shoots like three or four ounces on the front. Now it might be more, I'm not, but he shoots way more back weight than he does front weight. Yeah. You know, so Jesse. his bow Jesse is, shoots no weight. Yeah. And, and when Jesse's been shooting his best, he's shot that bow with most of the weight straight forward, most of the weight straight out. So mm -hmm. even though it's little weight, there's still only one direction it's going. So right. if you only have one or two planes to fight against one or two directional planes to fight against from a sight movement perspective, it's easier when that bow is only going one direction. Yeah, hundred because you only have to compensate for one thing. One thing instead of four axes. You know, you, that's what people don't realize. You, in, in stabilizer setups, you've got four axes to deal with. 
you know, you got top, bottom, east, what I call north, south, east, west. Yeah. If you can get that down to north only. Well, that, and that's why I run mine the way I do. <clears throat> yeah. My bar is straight forward and straight yeah. back. I, yeah. The only thing that I fight is my bar dipping straight down. And I just sit there and either pull, depending on the bow, how I change my shot for different bows, different cam styles, different, yeah. you know, different shooting scenarios. Like for the most part, I, especially indoor, that's when I try and figure out a bow because I'm in a fixed environment. I'm shooting one distance. I can play around with the bow a lot more and have it yep. not affect downrange near as much. And I can kind of figure out the tendencies of a bow, but like I'm only fighting one thing. I'm fighting to keep my bar yeah. up well, enough to keep the dot in the middle. So I was going to say at the end of the day, you know, and I think this is, and I've said this a thousand times twice on Sunday, as much as I, I try to preach it. If you practice enough with your bow, learn your release and understand your, your relationship of front hand and, and release grip, and execute that shot properly. You know, I know for me, um, the only thing I struggle with now as an archer is keeping my pin in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's when you know you kind of, as an archer, you, not to say you made it, but it's movement. It's the one thing that we battle and struggle with, mm-hmm. period. And if we can eliminate that and keep the pin in the middle of the dot or the middle of the 12 or whatever it may be, man, everything happens a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. For sure. Because people, I don't think there's enough attention paid to that. Because when we, when we aim, and our pin starts to run on us, what 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 happens? We get stressed out, we start to freak out, and at the end of the day, that causes target panic to some degree. We yeah. rush a shot, we dump a release, we punch. A I button. mean, mine mine's the opposite. It sits there, and I freak out a lot more. <laughs> it's going to move, so that's when I start. Ripping well, it's it. funny you say that. This is exactly what I do. When, when I'm sitting and holding good, I'm just telling my my brain starts to go, uh, dude. It's fired. not going to be Will there you forever. Fire now, it's not <laughs> going to be there forever. Exactly. And then what happens? You get the invariably. Oh, there it goes boom. Yep. <laughs> and you shoot, and you're like, God dang it! I had to speed up my shot because <clears throat> I wanted to keep it perfect, and you can't do that. No, no, you just can't do that. You can't do it. There's no way in hell. Speed it up, especially. I'm a command shooter. 100. percent But you embrace it. Yeah. Look at 100%. Jimmy. Jimmy like, Lutz I don't, is. I don't come around and punch it. I keep my thumb on it and add pressure, and then my mind says, "I'm firing." Squeeze. Yeah. And, and it goes, but most of that time, it's usually like coming down, settle, 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 good. All right, hey man, boom. I'll tell you. As long as I, you hit it. I, I've done full circle on this deal. I mean, I, I used to think it was the worst thing ever, the dumbest thing ever. But you argue with Jimmy and Kyle. I, I think I think it, and, it all depends on how your brain is wired. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. I am yep. way too passive of a human, way too type B personality to have any sort of success with it. Yeah. Or any sort you, of any sort of <laughs> sustainable success. So question. It. Have you ever literally tried to take a thumb and actually punch it three shots on the Vegas? I've tried it. I can't do it. Yeah, I can do it. Can you like, really? Not, not. It hit the middle? Not more than three times in a row. Yeah, I can't do it. I've tried it. But I mean, that's why I always make the joke. That's why I like to shoot my hunting bow with an index trigger because I can, I can guarantee if my hunting bow is sighted in, I could walk out and hit a one inch dot at a hundred yards on the first shot every fucking time <laughs> i need like 24 hours in between shots but the first like that first one i have zero anticipation with it no sort of like jittery like oh my god Just this is gonna like ah, type yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. yep type stuff yeah but the first one i can hit it like every time first yeah. time but after that after that like there's a lot of shit starts going haywire <laughs> you can definitely make but, an extra point 
<laughs> but yeah, like so if if it came down to it and I needed to have and like if I went to Lancaster and needed the twelve to win and I hadn't punched any up until that point, yeah. I guarantee you I could hit that fucker. Hit that one more time. <laughs> but hey, if you're that but calm. again, it's a sustain it's a sustainability thing. Yeah. Unfortunately we're not shooting one arrow tournaments. Right. Yeah. Right. But you if know. you're that calm and collected, I heard the Cowboys are looking for a new kicker. Dude. <laughs> that poor guy. Somebody told me he's missed six in a row now. No, he missed. He missed four. He missed five. Like, he missed five, five in a row. Five and in then a row. made the sixth one. So yeah, because he missed his last one in the Commanders game, their last regular season that was game, the five and then missed the, yeah. fir- okay. and missed the first four. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel bad guy. for the guy. He's and being team. Packers fans, we've watched Crosby do that to type of stuff yips. before. I mean, it's a hundred percent just a mental thing. Yeah, as archers, we all understand it. A whole game, Crosby had the yips all game, and then comes out in overtime and just smokes a game winner against the Bengals and you're like dude that where the hell was that earlier that is hilarious it's just a mental thing yeah without a doubt um this year coming up when we've got so the season's getting ready to really get started get the Iowa program and this other shoot is getting real popular the Montana Montana open they They open so they that's at uh actually Tate Morgan's parents shop superior archery is where they host that that's but why. they've always had a lot of guys go because there's such a good concentration of really good shooters out west in the western mountain states. It's the Utah Open, Montana Open, and Idaho Open always have always usually have a few really good shooters, good shooters popping in, in and out of yeah. there between you know like Steve, Steve and Kim Wilkie and uh, Rio and Lo- his brother Logan. You know a bunch of other guys, Tim, yeah. mm-hmm. number of other dudes. That's where the I think it was I can't remember if it was Idaho or Utah Open. The somebody Rio had made a joke with Tim about double fletching arrows, <laughs> dirty air. It's what killed goose. Showed up. He didn't have any four inch feather or four inch veins, so he put two oh boy two blazers on like facing ass, each other. Yeah, like face to ass on it. That's so funny. And he's like, man, he. I wouldn't shoot arrows like that, Tim. He's like, well, why not? Uh, dirty air. It's what killed Goose. <laughs> he showed up the next day with four-inch veins. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, you've got uh, Lancaster starts uh, next week. Uh, yeah, then Lancaster's next week, next Lancaster, week and the week and after then, that's Vegas. Then the Vegas tournament's coming up after that. And then, um, man, but then after that you got Foley. Yep. And, the out, and the outdoor season gets ramped up and rock and rolling. So mm-hmm. it'll be here before you know it. It's getting getting. It's crazy because I already feel like it's going to be mid-season and the season's just starting, but it's going to happen really fast. Yeah, once March been... comes around, once you hit, <coughs> once you hit Fort Benning, it's going to be a blur. Well, then you've got USAT so, coming out of your ears this yeah. year. So we're because so, you're, I'm in, you're in a pre-Olympic year, correct? So you're going to be busy as hell. Well, we got we got World Champs, World um, Championship Trials at Arizona Cup yep. and Gator Cup. You should come shoot uh, that. Yeah, right. Come on, dude. I got to shoot my bow to do that. <laughs> It's, it's just like it's bow. like indoor you only need one distance yeah exactly you just sight in <laughs> nothing no between guessing. you and your bow but air and opportunity i know oh. so i say every year i want to go do try to do that again shoot against the old guys see how good i can do yeah yeah socal would be the perfect one. actually so it's gonna take a step back because one thing i'm excited about is no longer shooting with all you young heifers <laughs> In pro, I could. There's a senior known pro. There you I go. cannot be more excited. <laughs> the only thing I'm really pissed off about is I got freaking. I heard Gillingham was going to drop back down there because he really doesn't like judging. <laughs> He's such a prick if he does that. And I'm calling you out, Tim. I don't care because I mean, he wins everything in senior unknown. Just keep stay over there and keep winning over there and let some of us normal people over here on the have guys a little spotlight. Maybe get, yeah, 
Go well, shoot known. Go shoot unknown then. Heck no, because I can't judge anymore, and I'm not doing that. That's a pain in the butt. Because I'm, I'm I'm actually excited because I actually when I'm if I practice a little bit, I can shoot pretty decent. Yeah. And I thought, man, if I and I was going to really go after it this year, I still am. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a run at it. I told myself, come first week of February after Vegas is over, I'm gonna really start shooting. I'm gonna get up, shoot in the mornings, before work, try to shoot a little bit in the afternoons. Actually, we are trying really hard, and this is something off off topic for podcasting, but we're trying to get a place so we can put up our our range of yeah. Targets. I remember talking so we can go practice about it, at yeah. least once or twice a week, organized practice. That's what it takes. But yeah. I wanted to I wanted to make a serious run at it because I, mean, I was looking at the senior guys that would shoot over there and just a um, bunch of old bags. I can compete with those guys. I mean, at the end of the day, if I if you I'm compete on, with a lot of the senior guys in uh, in the outdoor world and use that world. Yeah, there's some there's some hammers still. Yeah, just some boys can shoot. Yeah, just point in the middle. It's just getting behind the bow and staying behind yep. it. Yep, you're you're not shooting in Vegas, so yeah, you can actually start practicing now. Yeah, because I don't want Vegas to mess with my mental game, get me yeah. all pissed off. I'll just, yeah. get, I'll just get mad over there. So we got we got <laughs> Foley, and then like I said, uh, four Benning will hit. So you'll do Benning. Then the next week is going to be Arizona. Then the next week is going to be. Um, what do we have after Arizona? We got something else. We got Tack, Redding, and then Minden, and then Redding, and then Gator, and then it just keeps. Dude, going, there's like two NFA indoors, like yep. sprinkled in there somewhere. Yeah. USA indoor, all that stuff, which it, it was stupid. That one that sucks. They, yeah. they only have like two weekends for that. Well, they scheduled it right when Foley hits. Yeah, they. Well, no, there's only like two weekends in the whole season. For, to shoot for any any location there's yeah. only like two or three weekends yeah normally it runs from like december until the week before indoor finals correct that's like normally you've got like three months worth of shoots that you could find a time to get to could one. Have done it right now january no issues but yeah, it is yeah there is a lot of archery and you're right it's on. it's a uh it is a pre-olympic <clears throat> year we got world champs uh the able-bodied guys are out in berlin Mm-hmm. Um, we go to Czech Republic right before that. We'll be in Pils in Czech Republic, and then, dude, isn't that close to Ukraine? No, no, okay, no, I'm, no, just, no, no. I'm not a geography guy. I was just no. curious. You're a couple left, countries, a little bit further left. Okay. Further left you're, okay. you're right next to Germany. I've oh. been to Pilsen. Oh, oh okay. So gotcha. I've been to Pilsen plenty of times, and <clears throat> I'm super excited because it's the the home of Pilsner beer. It's oh. actually the birthplace of beer. Almost, wow. it's fantastic. But um, for Jason Tabanski and Bridger, who are both connoisseurs of the uh I was of drinking the a bush beer for, drinking a bush life for most of this episode too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah he yep. is i didn't know that yeah we got we got all that stuff and then they got ohio um buckeye you the got buckeye metropolis london the classic they pushed outdoor nationals to september what because of world championship we're at in uh malvern pennsylvania so it's actually not too bad because it's not going to be blazing hot. say it might snow yeah. Dude, you joke. If it's, it's North be like Pennsylvania, that one year in Indy. What was it like? <gasps> six years ago, seven years ago, when it was in Indianapolis or something like that, and it was cold and windy. Oh, the year that Matt won. I think so. Yeah, that was in. I think that was still in Alabama, was but it? it was literally like Dude, seventy miles. I'm an telling hour you, that's bro. dangerous that time of year in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm from Ohio, and I know it's. Yeah, so you got that, and then <clears throat> November, you got Chile again. Um, they're doing the Pan American Games down there, which is like a miniature Olympics for uh, for Western or yeah, well, for North South North America. South America. Yeah. So I might, I don't know the 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 way that I see it is if I earn a slot out in uh, in Czech Republic, I'm not going to Chile. I might send 
our other teammate to try and get his secondary slot. Yeah. And if not, then I got to go just go, go shoot. Go shoot. Yeah. That's a lot of shooting, dude. It is. It's a lot of traveling. For you, that's going to suck. Yeah. I mean, being in the charity situation and having to deal with just, like you said a second ago, just the combinations. The yeah. That you don't, didn't have in Chile because they don't really have, you yeah. know. Just um, the travel. I mean, it's it's not too bad in the states because there's a lot of stuff that you can do here to to ensure. Yeah, that stuff, especially if you drive, you're a little bit more comfortable. But right. man, that flying. flight to Chile in November, we had to. How long was that flight, by the way? It was it wasn't too bad. It was like nine and a half hours. Okay, back up, back up. Flying straight south. Yeah, but I guess you are going from well, one hemisphere to the other. Just as big yeah, know, up to down as it is left to but right. Nine hours. We went from so here. I would have thought that was like a four hour flight. No, we went from here to Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, we left San Antonio at like noon, got to Atlanta, and our flight out of Atlanta didn't leave till 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. So we got on the plane. And well, then, you slept most of it probably. Ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah. In and out. Dude, was horrible, so I was, I was hungry the whole time. Get to Chile, and, and you know, you're, you wake up, you're wired. Yeah. Uh, you're only three hours ahead. So... Yeah, it's just say so that's way better than I going. I remember, no, dude, Europe's nothing. That one's easy because you just like stay awake on the Plus plane. Across the pond, the yeah, Well, you just stay awake on the plane. You, your dog ass tired the first day. You sleep like a baby because you've been up for twenty hours, yeah. and then you're fine the rest of the week. The worst ones was always, and you know this. The worst ones was always going to uh, Asia? China. It's a horrible. Oh man, dude, it's horrible. Dude, the amount of that's, that's a three day. The amount of. Up. Spicy noodle bowls I've eaten at like 3 a.m. in China in the hotel room is hilarious. That's yeah, why you've got an iron gut. That's the first thing me and Braden would do because we used to always room together at the World Cups. Is yeah. we like land, go to the little little uh, convenience store convenience deal in the, yeah. in the hotel there and buy like 10 things of ramen noodles. Because we would wake up at like two eight, two o'clock in the morning, yeah, like noodles. dude, just be starving to death because your yeah. body's used to eating two yeah. hours before that. Yeah. Instead, you're trying to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and you're like, oh, oh, trying to stay awake. And dude, that's hilarious. And that was the cool then, thing about Korea: you go there, you're jet lagged, but everything's open. You always yeah. have something open. Oh, dude, just go downstairs. And the first year that we went to Bangkok for the indoor world cup there yeah. we got there at like two in the morning local time so we're like wired away it feels like it's two o'clock in the afternoon and we're starving to death we're walking down the street just looking for a little shop or something that's open to find something to snack on and some dude was like locking the doors on his uh on Hard. his restaurant and he's and we're like oh man damn we just missed your clothes he's like oh no 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 i open up for you and he gave us like a bunch of free beer and like ter- no and like fired up his fryers <laughs> and everything so awesome. it was unbelievable Super cool. cool. I love going over there, but <laughs> yeah. but I I hate dealing with the sleep schedule stuff. Yeah, that that's always a nightmare because you just get a you get adjusted just enough to be comfortable, and then you fly back home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you you're, you're just getting back to normal, and then you fly home. Yeah, and then you're effed up again for three days. This one was just miserable, man, and I, I'm really not looking forward to it again. Yeah, um, I loved. Being Are they there. doing it in Chile again? Yeah, the Pan American Games. The games part. That's so they did it this year. Uh, last year as a qualifier, uh-huh. but they they were the original host for it. Okay, I thought they switched back and forth between the Americas, but now no. they're so the following year we'll have a qualifier somewhere else, or actually it'll be the Olympics, and the following year they'll have a qualifier, and then it'll come back. Have we hosted? I, have we ever hosted at the U.S. Almost the same. Pan American uh, Games? I'm yeah. sure we have. I think yeah. it was it was somewhere out in Alabama or something. Yeah, I thought I it was Canada hunt- hosted one. Canada hosted one when I went. When I went to the, well, I went to championships, not the games, mm-hmm. in like 2018. That was in uh, Medellin. Medellin. Yeah. Yep. 
Same same exact field we shoot the shot the World Cup at. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's just it's different. Just man, I heard the trip I heard the trip was brutal. One of our girls went with Leah Coriel, yep. who's a world champ, and she I think I heard some rumors she said I don't think I'd do it again. No, I don't blame her. I don't she said it was tough. I I like being down there. I mean the people were awesome, the food was great, everything was, was a good time. Hey, by the way, I forgot to ask you. Um not off topic, but up topic. What do you think of the because I don't know the guy, the new coach. Oh, he's fantastic. What's his name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan Clemens has been around for a while, helping with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been. I met him at Gator Cup. You know, we 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 got along, and and he's a he's a really good dude. He's really knowledgeable. He's a assistant head coach at Pike University. Um, What's he do? I mean, where did he come from? Because I've never heard of the guy. Uh, I mean, is he an ex professional archer, or is he just actually, a that guy? I think he was a. Uh, he was like prior uh, SWAT. Or law enforcement or something like uh-huh. that and he just shot and then was a uh collegiate coach gotcha uh, you know so the team usually opens up applications for people to travel yeah. as uh, assistants or coaches and he mm-hmm. started traveling with the team and you know he got really intertwined and then when george stepped down they kind of named him as an interim head coach gotcha um and then he put his name in the hat and got selected but everybody so that pretty was excited pretty about it. pretty recent right yeah, yeah like like, like two a, weeks a ago, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I seen him roll it out. The guy, and I, yeah. like I said, I had never, I didn't know who it was. No, he's a, he's a good guy. So any, really ru- guy. any rumors, substantiated rumors? I heard that um, is, is uh, what's his name retiring pretty soon? Who's that? Kissick. No clue. No clue. I thought I heard no, that. No through clue. The grapevine. Those guys were, those guys were uh, away from us the whole time we were down there. Really? Yeah. I mean, what they had different field, different schedules. So we, okay. we didn't interact too much. We, we saw them at the hotel right? Uh, for dinners and stuff like that. But yeah, other than yeah, that, everybody no. was kind of doing their own thing. Gotcha. That's so, cool. So it was, it was a little bit, um, off scheduled. Right. But, but yeah, so no, it's going to be I good. I talked to you. They, they've shortened up their schedules. You said, I think I talked to you about this. Yeah. Like these, trials. Are, these are no longer the big four or five day event that they were in the past. Not for you, Sats. No, I think that's we're a going, big deal. We're going two days and then heading back home. Yeah, that's huge because man, the travel schedule when you try to put an event like that in between, like a pro am and Reading or something, you are yeah. screwed. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> upset about it. You know, going to Arizona for two days and then heading home. Yeah. I'm so good. no more teams. They're not doing no, teams so they anymore. They only do that on uh, during nationals. Nationals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they used to do it at Arizona because yeah, it's a five day minimum. Yep. Yeah. That schedule Gator, for a World Gator Cup or for a well no they did it only did it for Arizona they normally had like a three day three or four day schedule for all the standard ones but because Arizona Cup used to be a world ranking event uh, you, you used uh, to be able to earn world ranking points there it had to be a five day five day schedule yeah which we're having another world ranking I forgot about that we've, we've got another one in Chicago for para this year so when oh, you really? come back from from Berlin um, if you make the team, I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> staying out there with you for an extra week, and I'll come back from that, hang out for a couple of days, and then head over to Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Oh my god, go shoot that world ranking. Where at? Uh, no idea, but I know it'll be the Americas. <laughs> what what month is it? August. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, that'll be like four, four at least forty mile hour winds. Oh my god, you'll be like my driveway. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I've been practicing. <laughs> I was surprised when I shot in SoCal. Everybody was complaining about the wind, and I'm sitting there going, like, what wind? Yeah, we're in Texas. It yeah. blows out here. I live out there in the middle of, of an open subdivision just yeah. getting blown all over the place. No. But, man, wind it's going to be busy. Wind is brutal. It's going to be a busy, busy year. Um, 
We're going to try to get back on track. Yeah, we need to get back. I mean, to we've, we've heard, and because we've heard a lot from you guys all, and I've heard this through the grapevine. Uh, you know, great, great podcast, not enough content. We just got to try to get on a schedule and keep it that way. Um, yeah. It's because we're all a bunch of pea brains that like feel like we have a million things to do, but we'd rather just sit on our butts and, and do nothing. Yeah, exactly. Play Xbox. Scott wants to sit on Tic Tac for four <sighs> hours. Just a night. watching anime all day. My wife hates it. <laughs> That's the yeah, worst thing ever. My wife is, is is sick of it. I for some reason I got onto like did you really some anime shows and I've been sitting there watching them and they're dude, like, dude, you run down some weird rabbit holes on that on 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 stuff like that. Yeah, you do. It happens. <laughs> anime, you gotta be kidding me. If I'm not shooting, I'm going to the gym, and if I'm not at the gym, you're what watching else anime. Am I do? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's I'm hilarious. Cooking too. So yeah, got a new. Uh, need to get a new YouTube channel cooking with Jay. <laughs> There you go. Bro, last few times we've been over there, it's been primo. Really? We made those birria tacos when mm. we, what, whatever game that was we watched a few yep. weeks ago. Uh, hell, last night we went and watched <laughs> the Dallas, uh, the yeah. Dallas Bucks game. I mean, granted, we Dude, just made a bunch of wieners. By the but, way, so we'll get this real quick. Is Brady done? Hopefully. Uh, he's just old. He'll go somewhere else, get paid $40 million and throw the ball 700 times. I think he's just got to get with the team that has a front, a front, O-line, and it'll be okay. I mean, the Bucks have a good offensive line. Dude, Dallas made them look like a bunch of children. Well, yeah, because they have the number one ranked defense really? for pass rush. Yeah, but, oh, I didn't know but that. But Brady's been yelling at his O-line all year, and I think they made a big mistake <coughs> by letting Jensen play last night. The dude hasn't played all year, Yeah, and they let him start at center. He looked horrible last My night. My favorite Brady yelling at his O-line. teammates is still – his last year in New England, he went up to his wide receivers. He just run routes better, be faster. Yeah, <laughs> it's still yeah. the best one. Because Dallas made him look pretty bad. Yesterday. Well, last night he just had this look on his face, like I just want to be done with this game. I want to go home. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of digging, Grandpa. I've, yeah, I've got, I've got ramen on the stove, man. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Man, I got money between either San Francisco. Or maybe, uh, so you, maybe Buffalo. You don't think Dallas can beat them? Hell no. I think if Dallas if Dallas beats 49ers, they're going. I bet. I would bet they play the Chiefs. You don't think? You don't think um, Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts no. back in would beat no, Dallas? I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think they're as good the as everybody thinks they are. Yeah, but that's. I mean, it just depends like on Green what. Bay not being able depends to beat on what the Dal- it depends on what Dallas team shows up. True. But no, yeah. it depends on which Dak, Dak Prescott yeah. shows up. No, that which too. Dak shows up. Yeah, does he too. throw three picks or does he like have a one hundred four passer rating? The yeah. guy looked ridiculous last night. He looked unbelievable. Played good football. He played dang good football. Yeah, I mean, he was stomping all the spiders. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I I'm hoping it's like a 49ers slash Buffalo, but yeah, because then the 49ers will choke in the Super Bowl and Buffalo win. <laughs> yeah. I want Josh Allen to win one. I like the guy. He's cool. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, but he's got to get past Mahomes, and that's gonna be a tough one. If you, we got baby face, and I'll be a forty. I'll be a, a shoehorn. You yeah. got that Purdy guy, dude. I'll be a bandwagon forty nine. Did that guy come from? We meet the guy. Literally Mr. owns irrelevant. Ev- I didn't know that. Literally either. owns every single record for rookie for a quarterback for but Iowa why didn't State. They, why didn't they go? Nobody took a chance on him higher than because he played for Iowa State, not Ohio State. But Ohio State, you guys were pretty damn good last ten years. <laughs> Not bad. No, they're not as bad as they usually are. Well, they used to be horrid. But he also threw like 40 interceptions his last two years. Did so. he really? Well, yeah, because yeah. he's the only, I mean, other than him and Xavier 
the only two like decent guys on the team so he was having to make all the plays and even he said he's like it's hey. weird i don't have to be the guy anymore so i can just kind of play football he's a hell of a player dude that guy looks amazing he's got mccaffrey he's got Debo. <coughs> he's got all kinds of guys he's got every weapon you could imagine so here's the big the big money question Tua gonna play next year and will he play in miami i think Tua doesn't play next year because i think his concussion problem is going to become okay. an issue right. he's like a young aikman yeah for real and i and I could think, here's another million dollar question. Does Purdy, do they, is he trade bait now? Oh, no, no, no. I was talking to someone today. I was like, they're going to try and figure out what to do with Jimmy G. Yeah, they, I say that they'll and probably keep Trey and get rid of him. So I, did, <clears throat> I didn't know that the guy that, the, yeah, so you think they keep Purdy as a starter? I think so. No. No, they keep him as a backup to Trey. Yeah, that's what I say. He's on a four-year rookie contract for like 700 grand. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. Trey's been on there for two years, and he hasn't finished a healthy year in both years. This this is true, which is so, why they want to keep Purdy Brock looks Purdy pretty, super, and Purdy looks super cheap. Durable. I mean, the well, guys, yeah, he got that shit kicked out of him. I stayed and never like really had too many anyway, issues. So. Yeah, he's a freaking kid. He's no. he's probably younger than Stenson Bennett. Yeah. He is younger than Stenson Bennett. He's like 22. You know kind of weird? <clears throat> Make, makes me feel old because I was talking to a customer today about this very subject, about the whole Brady thing, and you think, you know, like Brady, Rodgers, look at all these older quarterbacks that are going to be leaving the league in the next year or two. Brock, Brock Purdy wasn't even born when <clears throat> Tom Brady, Brady was drafted. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy to think that, dude? He's like 22, I think. Yeah. Uh, it might be 23. That's, some, that's, that's wild. He's a baby. But you're going to see a big change into the guard. In, in this sport well because, you old fucks went through once already after watching <laughs> I mean it started already with Ben yeah. retiring you know Big Ben yeah, retiring Ben yeah Roethlisberger yeah. retiring and, God yeah. Matt Ryan needs to retire he I hate to say it gotta go hey man guy needs one more good record <clears throat> in him uh, the two records or the one record a year in this year wasn't great but yeah. who yeah. else is the old guys Rogers Ryan um, Stafford still got some time in him yeah he's not he's got Four or five year good years left. I don't know about Wilson. four or five, bro. You don't think so, dude? He <laughs> got, got two. No, Russell's part of that Stafford era, so he still got. Some he game, got dude. the piss kicked. Yeah, out. that's no, a good. That's a story, story, so Russell Wilson's got it. <clears throat> is he physically, done? Is he done? But performance wise, I mean, let's ride. No, I think yeah. that's coaching, dude. Let's cook. I think that's coaching. <laughs> dude, arguably the worst coach the NFL probably. Ever that's hired. this is true. That poor guy. I mean, he's just he's probably going to go back to the Packers. Be on their staff. He was well, the OC last year. He's a good coordinator. Yeah. Can't take that away from Some him. Some people are just not meant to be no. head coaches. Oh, no, no. I, I I said that about Josh McDaniel. Yeah. I can't believe the Raiders picked him up again. Well, because they they're terrible. Look at um, Sean Payton is making a run. Where's he going to go? Denver, he's looking at Denver. Texas. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be at Denver. He said he'd coach. Bro, you can hire a bum off the street and have the same Texans, amount of success. Texas, the Texans ain't getting nobody this year. Yeah. Who's going to go seriously go to Texas seriously? Yeah. I want to see. I want to see what the listeners think. Who's going to be the number one pick, and will Chicago trade their number one pick? Because they don't need a quarterback. Yeah, they 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 need they they should trade it because they need a lot more help than just one player. Who's the number one pick? Chicago. Chicago is. I don't know. I mean, since uh, who was it? The Texans beat the Texans beat the Colts. It'll be an offensive lineman or somebody like that this year. There's not a good enough quarterback coming out. Oh, there's tons. Bri- of good uh, there's tons of yeah, good but that's right. There's no, there's no one guy. Bryce uh, Young, Bennett. Uh, Stenson Bennett, uh, Bennett uh, what's his name? Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud. Stroud. Just that's four. Like, yep. yeah, but are they number ones? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they they're are. all very good at football. Yep. Yeah. And then you got B. John Robinson coming out as a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's his name? I'm telling you, I Oregon think it'll State. be it'll be some tight end or or offensive lineman going number one. I think it'll crazy be crazy. Th- there will never be a tight end drafted <laughs> well, in the first ten picks yeah. of the first this round. I think in be, the NFL, I think it'll be a D lineman. Yeah, D lineman, offensive lineman, something like that. Because they've got to replace that hole that they uh, traded Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be dumb. The only people that that are sitting there going, "Man, we screwed up on the try a tight end trade," is the Lions <laughs> trading uh, Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So, be I don't know. I'm sad that football's over, almost over, but at the same time, that just means another archery season starts. Yeah, exactly. And well, and, yeah, and here's the other thing: as though. the arrow flies, well, <clears throat> I think that everything is getting too late. Like, think about it. when is the Super Bowl being played this year? February weekend, 13th. weekend after Vegas. So, uh, for everybody wondering, that's why rooms in Vegas booked out so quick same weekend as the Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl is in Vegas oh the same weekend as our tournament as Vegas shoot yeah oh my god that's yeah. why everything booked out so quick shot show's going on right now no but does anybody care about that the Pro Bowl eh, I think they're party? gonna I think they're gonna go no, and check it out because but it's people new. think it's cool and fun because now they got the Pro Bowl games so mm. I think there's gonna be people there that are you know, just curious. So they're doing it at the new Vegas stadium? Yeah, it's at Raiders. <clears throat> it's a good at place the, for it. And Vegas whatever the is hell cheap. they call it. You know, you get, it is cheap. you get packages to go out there. They're cheap. Oh, yeah. Dude, I just looked the other day because I haven't bought my ticket. I can I can fly the Frontier out of Austin for uh, nine, 98 bucks. Why? Mm-hmm. Bro, you better, like, your arms are going to be tired. Get a parachute? time you get there. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've flown. Well, you can fly southwest for like 220. Well, so. I've flown Frontier before from here to uh, to Vegas, <coughs> and I could feel my ass on that seat. It was that hard. It was not comfortable. It was like they took, oh, you know those you know crazy. those seats that they put at doctor's waiting area? Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, those plastic ones that are kind of got the butt mold on there? It's like they put those and then just threw like, let's just throw a blanket on it and, and make it look presentable. Yeah. Are they that bad now? Well, Frontier used to be a pretty decent airline, bro. I haven't flown them in. I mean, years. bro, it's a two-hour flight. Okay. Like, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. But, but they're not flying like old aircraft. They're gonna fall out of the sky. Uh, would you fly a DC-10 from here to? No, hell no. Exactly. Is, are they a DC-10? No, they're but they're old. <laughs> they're they're old FedEx planes. <laughs> no, that's um value. What's the name of that company that does those? Spirit Allegiant. Allegiant. Allegiant yeah, and Spirit thing. fly yeah, those. Frontier's the same way. <clears throat> so they're buying those over. Run yeah, it's FedEx, like going to UPS planes. It's like going to an Enterprise Rent a Car and buying a car. <laughs> like, hey man, I'll take a five pack of airplanes. Yeah, we got yeah. plenty of tires. Maybe I should just do Southwest and call it a day. Hey, so. here's the thing though: if that thing does come out of the sky, you'll probably die, so it won't hurt. You know, you don't have to deal <laughs> yeah, with it. Exactly. That'd be scary. No, I don't want to think about that. That's a lot of screaming on the way down. Hey, coming from a guy who used to be in the industry, and I've always said the next big one's going to come out of Allegiant, flying from here to Florida for fifty bucks. Yeah. They're not they're not doing their preventive maintenance where they're well, supposed to be. We had it in Europe. <clears throat> we had a uh, Ryanair. Like I used to my wife and I flew from Germany from Nuremberg, Germany down to uh Sardinia, Italy. I think it was like fourteen dollars a piece round trip. You, dude, you that does they cannot buy the jet fuel for that to take you there. Well, here's back. the deal. You pay fourteen dollars for your ticket, but you can only bring a carry on. <clears throat> and if you if your carry on's bigger than like a purse, then you have to pay extra. Uh-huh. If you want if you want a better seat, you got to pay extra. And then there's a if you had to check in luggage, it's extra. exactly. So I used to like I used to wear three days of, of clothes, <laughs> and then Courtney and I would pack all in in one suitcase in one little briefcase, and that's what we would do. 
and you have flight attendants coming up and down the, the aisle selling stuff. It, it made me feel like I was in a Mexican uh, public <laughs> transportation. Yeah, bro, Greyhound like, of the air. Hey, man, ups, you want to buy some gum? Upselling you like crazy. Yeah, yeah it was, it was <clears> interesting. That but, makes sense. But, I mean, their planes were, they were okay, yeah. I guess. Well, so. the big thing is by by F, you know, FAA, at least here in the United States. You've got to do some kind they, of maintenance. No, they have to do letter check maintenance. And they the big thing is the engines. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't realize, but most of the aircraft that fly today, your engines are leased by General Electric, Pratt right. Whitney. Um, and they're leased, and they once they get to a certain flight hours, that engine gets changed out yep, and re- swapped out swapped out with a with a newer engine. Yeah, um, aerostructure frames is the big one. I mean, whether it's the on a FedEx plane, for example, I mean, corrosion becomes a problem. Oh, I mean, <clears> I was in the aviation world. You know the aviation yep. world, so you know what I'm talking Patching about. Patching up sheet metal, doing yeah, corrosion exactly. Taking out, taking out stuff. a whole belly skin and yeah. replacing it with a new one, and yeah, oversizing. We scared a bunch of listeners. Now. Yeah, dude, that's just drive. That's kind of scary. Hey guys, just, just drive. drive. Hell no, just, from just here it's like a, 24 hours. Pull a Tedford thing. Just oh, put yeah. a fertilizer. Hey, by the way, what happened a, to Tedford? He's just retired from shooting. Okay, I didn't know that. Aaron got tired of shooting further than 50 yards, and Paul just got tired of shooting bows. So they're both out of tournament archery. Mm-hmm. Paul and Paul was a hell of a shooter. He was good. Hell, Aaron was. If anybody ever sees him, ask him about the first year they ever went to Vegas. Why? Took a, drilled a hole in the bed of their Ford Ranger, put a fertilizer bin in there, Uh, filled that, filled that sucker up with gas and (laughs) took off. Mayor (laughs) allegedly didn't pay for the gas (laughs) and didn't stop for Montana to Vegas. No shit. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Paul, if you're listening. High five. Wandering mind want to know. Yeah, no kidding. That's High awesome. five. That is hilarious. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, heck, it's been two hours, almost and a half hours, but a lot of just stuff to go recap. over. I think, yeah, just a recap thing. Go through the year and what's happening, and um, um, we'll just get back and try to get back on a re- weekly schedule and keep good content coming your way. Yeah, and tell us what to listening. talk about, because even though we figured out how to bullshit for two and a half hours here, like we're all, we're pretty dumb. We need something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. If not, yeah. we'll see you guys back in January. Next <laughs> yeah. Year. Next no. year. One year recap. <clears throat> Hopefully we'll. Well, the big thing is, is we've got, I mean, and, and you know, I've got a laundry list of people that have asked to be on our podcast. Yeah. Get, I mean, and yeah, some of these influential Randy Kitts that owns Dart and Black Eagle Conquest wants to do a podcast. Um, I talked to Danny McCarthy. Yeah. Um, he wants to do it. I want to do one with his wife. Speaking with, of podcast stuff and whatnot, now, this wasn't a vain thing. This was just me wanting to know what's out there. I Googled myself, and apparently I have a company that manages me and leases me out as a speaker <laughs> because I, I co host the Leading Edge Archery podcast. <laughs> So I'm getting pimped out without even knowing. And you Congrats. know, you ain't getting so, paid. If you guys are listening to me, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, bro. I, hey, you check check my Wikipedia page. I won. Uh, what was it? You the did. Miss America or some yeah, shit? You did. Mr. No, America? project. No, it was uh, project, project Runway. runway. Yeah. Project Runway. Did, just check my Wikipedia, God bro. Dang, it's real story. Holding it back. <laughs> that sexy man he is. I can't wait to get some cameras in here so we can film and maybe do some reaction videos. Those oh are gonna god, be cool. dude, that'd be so hilarious. Yeah. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, We're back. We're back. We shall see you guys next time. On the other side.